Call the meeting to order. Mrs. Troublefield, would you please call the roll? Mr. Barley? Here. Mr. Cathal? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Hudson? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. <clears throat> to approve the uh, agenda for the uh, August 26th meeting, regular meeting minutes for uh, July 29th, and the executive session tonight. So moved. Thanks, man. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Yeah, there's no <clears throat> Mr. Barley, uh, join me at the podium, please. Dr. Layfield, if you'd start making your way up. Uh, this evening's going to be really our first kickoff for the year, and we will be uh, recognizing uh, one of our school SROs uh, for about 10, 11 years of service. Uh, it's been a tremendous asset. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Layfield. Thank you, Mr. Steele. Uh, I have the pleasure of uh, uh, having worked with uh, Detective Chad Harmon for my basically longer than I've been an administrator. My time as a teacher, assistant principal and principal. Uh, he's been an SRO at Sussex Central longer than any other person that we've worked with. And I can tell you as a, not only as a professional, but also as a close friend that we have, we have lost a, a very, very uh, quality employee and our loss is going to be the, the gain of the Cape and Lopen School District. So with that, I'd like to have Detective Chad Harmon come up here to be recognized for his 11 years of service here in the Indian River School District. Wish you all the best. Um, not disappearing for good. I'm right across the, on the east side, so if you need anything, um, just give me a call. Uh, most of you guys still have my cell phone numbers and everything. Um, one of the, just never forget one of the senior SROs uh, in the department. He told me one day, he said, uh, when you become an SRO, um, he said, you'll find over the years that you become closer sometimes with the staff at the school that you do with your um, 
people, you know, within the department. And um, I will honestly say that uh, that does happen over the years. Lots of good friends out here. So thank all of you. Next item on the agenda is for public comment. The board allows 15 minutes at the beginning and ending of each regular scheduled board meeting for anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment. Total time would be uh, three minutes each. The uh, first speaker is Kim Norek. Good evening, all. Uh, just would like to open up the, uh, the new school year with a word of prayer. <clears throat> dearest Father God, dearest Lord Jesus, dearest God, the Holy Spirit, sovereign God, thank you, God, for this blessed day. Thank you for your goodness to all of us. Lord, I, I want to ask for a special blessing on the school board. I know they try very hard and they set the bar high and they, they try to do the right thing, God. Please bless them. Give them wisdom. Give them guidance. Give them uh, a sense of what's right and uh, to do what's right. Lord, uh, just uh, again, please bless everyone here. Um, pray for a fruitful year for the students. Pray for safety for everyone. Um, pray that... Uh, you, O oh Lord Jesus, would be honored and glorified in our public system. God, just thank you for everything. And Lord, um, I'd like a, also a blessing on our elected officials uh, from the president, President Trump down, Vice President Pence, our Governor Carney, um, and all our state and local officials. God, please bless the law enforcement folks. And uh, just thank you for everyone that's here and a blessed year for all the families, all the students, all the teachers, and all the staff. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Thank you. Stacy Hennigan. You're gonna be sick of hearing my name. Um, my name is Stacy Hennigan, and I'm here regarding school choice for my daughter. She's a priority one, um, trying to get into Lord Baltimore Elementary School. My son Edward is entering second grade, um, and to say that this summer has been extremely stressful is an understatement. Um, as you can see where I was sitting, there are other families who are also priority one who have children at Lord Baltimore who are trying to get their second child in the door. Um, I just am here in the hopes that you are going to reconsider your decision and at least, if nothing else, allow the priority one siblings to go to school with their older siblings. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Laura Marsh. Anyone else in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? Mr. Maloney, I say second one. Okay, seeing none. New business, uh, item 401. Mr. Hudson. 
Yes, um, I ask that school choice be placed on the agenda for this evening. I have a, just a short statement I'd like to uh, share with the board. Uh, speaking for myself, I was very disappointed in how school choice was dealt with last month. Having had the time since that meeting to think about our decision, I felt that my vote did not reflect what was in the best interest of students or their families. I took the opportunity that was offered to all board members to meet with Mr. Steele, Dr. Owens, Mr. Lewis, and Mrs. Oakley to go over the school choice information and to get a better understanding of the effect our decision had. There were a number of examples that I came away with, and here are a few of them. A senior, a wannabe senior at Sussex Central High School, a longtime student in the Indian River School District, being denied uh, the last year at Sussex Central. A junior in the same situation at Indian River High School, longtime Indian River School District student, now cannot attend Indian River High School anymore because of our decision. A Spanish immersion student, uh, in the Spanish Immersion Program K-5, to moved out of the feeder pattern school into another uh, feeder in our district, now can no longer take part in the Spanish Immersion Program. Siblings in three different schools with two of the schools involved in triple bus runs. That'll be a nightmare for the parent. Those are just a few of the examples. Two other things that have bothered me the decision to change policy regarding 85% without discussion at the policy committee, and the decision to alter procedures in the middle of the school choice process by implementing the, the moratorium. Over the last couple of years, we have spent a lot of time working on a school choice policy that best meets the needs of our in-district students and families. Last month, we turned away from that sentiment. I'm hoping that the board will reconsider how we look at school choice, especially for our district students and families. At this time, I would like to make a motion to rescind the vote taken last month regarding the 85% capacity threshold. Is there a second to the motion? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say wait, aye. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. All right, Charlie. Before, before maybe not necessarily discussion regarding that particular motion, but I think there's some discussion that needs to be made in general regarding school choice. Um, I don't disagree with some of the things that Mr. Hudson has to say and some of the needs. My problem with school choice is there needs to be uniformity throughout the district. I think we have too many buildings that are accepting kids in certain categories than other buildings are rejecting those kids you know, in the same types of categories. Last month, even the comment was made, it seems like some form of discrimination depending on building to building, and I think that's somewhat the case. I realize our principals need to have some autonomy, but I think as a school district, there needs to be some kind of a uniform standard on accepting or rejecting school choice. I, I just don't agree how one building to accept and another building deny kids of the same categories. I didn't agree a couple months ago when Sussex Central wasn't allowed school choice in kids, but yet Indian River, which is at 95% capacity, was. I didn't think that was fair as well. So maybe along with and in addition to this motion, to me there's a lot of work left in school choice in regarding that, what I just mentioned, the uniformity throughout the district. Charlie causes a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, and a lot of mismanagement. 
Okay, this motion is just to reconsider it, not to change anything. Yeah, but I think that this is a bigger subject than that. I don't well, have a problem with the 85 here's uh, percent. Here's the problem, I think. We're not, we can't do anything unless we rescind that because our schools are over 85 percent. We have to agree to the motion. But if we don't do that, then we're, our discussion will be, that'll end it. And, and I get that, but we've, just, we've talked and talked about school choice over the past couple of years. And what's frustrating is we even went to the state online program, what was it, a year, two years ago? The state online where everybody applies online and, and it was supposed to be the uh, savior of school choice, that there was not supposed to be any human element in making decisions anymore. And it was uh, cut and dry, the percentage that someone goes in to apply. And what happens is somebody gets a phone call from a parent and all of a sudden that went out the window. So, okay, it's a big issue. I don't necessarily think the 85% is the problem. Dr. Hattie, we had, we're not supposed to be doing this. We have to make a motion to, uh, for the reconsider before we can discuss the end of the motion. All right, but then I'll second or whatever if that's what we need to do. Well, we had a second, so I need a vote. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Okay, you pull the board, please. Yes. Mr. Cappell? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Hudson? Yeah. Mr. Layfield? I wasn't here for the original vote, so I don't think I can weigh in. I'm abstaining. Mr. Feeding? Yes. Dr. Statler? No. Mrs. Wright? No. Seven yes, two no. And the motion passes by a majority vote. Now you can. Um, tonight we have a uh, school choice application. I'd like to ask the assistant superintendent what his recommendation is for school choice now that the 85% has been removed. So you want to, Mr. Johnson, you want to revisit the July? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm sorry. I would like to make a motion that we revisit the July school choice uh, agenda those okay. that were were not approved okay then I would need um, mr. Lewis to step to the podium I believe he's got um, July's previous agenda with school choice as well as <clears throat> is there a the motion on the floor I think needs to be need to vote on that motion second motion Mr. Hudson, your, your motion is to uh, pass, is to agree to the I think choice. my motion is that we move forward with priorities one through four from the July meeting. If I, if I understand Do we have from correctly. July on that's our... What, that's what we're doing. And I've made that motion, so I'd like to do that first to make sure we get this right. So I'd like to revisit the July school choice. Okay. Well, that's what we just did. We said we're going to reconsider that motion. Yes. So. Okay. Revisit, but not necessarily pass, as stated. We have to revisit it first, yes. Second. Okay. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that is unanimous. Okay. Start now, I, I think now is the time to ask Mr. Ellen. Okay, does, does the board have the July? There's 
the July agenda, and then there's, it's been amended because some of the students are no longer with us since last month. Uh, so some of those changes. Um, Mr. Lewis, do you have that available? I do. Okay. I have my personal copy. I don't think you're going to find one on board docs. Okay, so we can go through each of these and, and I can, we can go school by school or Mr. Lewis can go school by sure. school and then we can answer any questions that the board may have. I just have one before you start. You sure. say we now, the, some of the people that were on there last month are not on there now. That's correct. And that is because of the decision that we made, correct? I'm not sure why some of it's been updated with current numbers for, from July. Mr. Lewis, we, I mean, we can go through and show Number which numbers. And I think the reason that it could not be placed on board docs, uh, President Barla, maybe you can help me with this. Uh, you know, this was not part of the original agenda because we didn't know where the vote was going to go. So we certainly wasn't put on board docs because we can't assume, assume what you folks were going to do. So that's why it's not put, put on board docs. The only application that's put on board docs are the uh, August board meeting, school choice applications, sticking with 85%. Uh, and you'll find that on board docs, but that hasn't been changed. So I just want to make sure that we're doing this properly regarding Robert's rules. I can certainly tell you what I have here in hand. That's fine. As well. So start with East Millsboro Elementary School. That's going to be a total of two school choice applications. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Pat. Forgive me, but are we going back and revisiting what we did in July? That's not what's on here now, right? That's that is correct. July, so. Yeah, this is the July board meeting. For all those other choice. than what was already approved. I'm sorry, Mr. Tyson. I said I was just clarifying. We're going back over the ones that were not approved. As correct. Well. Can I ask? What put on wait list. Like it was a unanimous. Can I ask what those priorities are? East Millsboro. Uh, we're starting with priority number one. There are two applications, and both of those are priority number one. And again, these um, school choice applications have been recommended by the voting principal, and also uh, they have been reviewed by Dr. Owens and myself, and also uh, Superintendent Steele. Are these in district families? Uh, the first one is uh, a family from JMC, and the second one is a family that moved to the Woodbridge School District area, and they come back as priority number one. Okay. According to policy. Priority ones, just so we're, we're clear, priority ones were previously at the school, so there's a first grader and a second grader, two in, in, in total there, but all students that were previously at the school and have moved for whatever reason. Correct. Yes. This is part that I have a problem with. Family moved to Woodbridge School District, and the kid is in elementary school. If I moved to Woodbridge School District, I would expect my kids to go to Woodbridge School District. This is, this is part of the frustration I don't get with school choice. So by keeping kids, I don't know. The, the problem that we have with this is that we've been doing it for a long time. It is within the law. The families have come to expect it, and at this point they have built their lives around it. Correct. And to have an arbitrary cutoff the way we did, because there were three votes last year or last month for this. I only voted for the first two. The third one I abstained because I couldn't get it clear. And like um, Mr. Hudson over there, I've been thinking about it pretty much all month, okay? So we have a problem. It's a problem that we've had to do because school choice has been given to us, and we've allowed families to make plans and work around this essentially for their the entire kids' lives, all right? 
So I, I don't have a problem with priority ones, twos, and threes because that's it. But if you're simply going to be moving into the district or want to move into it for whatever reason and you've never been here, I see that as a different category of person. Isn't that a, that's a priority six? Yeah, I know, whatever it happens okay. to be. I, I, I don't I'm mind closing that off. And I don't think the 85% is necessarily that, bad. That was the whole reason we went. We tried to make sure that we're not mm -hmm. taking in kids that have no ties to the district. I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I, th I think that's the ties to the district. We've allowed families to do that. And, you know, we've encouraged them over the years because it helped us with the numbers, and we do a great educational program compared to some of the other districts. I don't blame them for wanting to be here. Mr. Fritz, I understand what you're saying, and I had the same question. However, to be consistent, which is what I think I heard you say, we have a senior at Suffolk Central High School who's been with us for years who now moved out of the district. Do we also tell them, I'm sorry, you can't come here for your senior year? That's that's the dilemma. Yeah, you're not going to like my answer to it, but my, my answer is if I live in Georgetown and all of a sudden I decide to move and buy a home in Milford, I'm expecting my, I'm probably going to transfer my kids to Milford High School. Yeah, that, that's where the dilemma is. Cause you might be willing to do that, but the yeah. other families in the area by law yeah. have been allowed to do what they've so done, so that's what they planned on. So, so the reality is we might as well just stop talking about school choice at all, wasting our time every month, and just let everybody in. No. I think the 85% was a good idea because it caps what the building should be, that we've had that number for years. But if you're moving kids around within the district, certainly our own district students, you know, you take a kid from 110% and put them at 89%, it kind of levels the field in a way. But and that's our in-district stuff. Now, this particular, one of these guys came in, all right, and had been allowed to develop ties here and had been allowed to do that. I'm a military brat. I went to every school in the world and moved because that's when Dad moved, I moved. In my world, that was acceptable, but that's not an acceptable thing in this area. See, I don't have a problem with in-district kids being able to go from one building to another in our district. But a couple of months ago, we stopped 15 kids from coming from Indian River to Sussex Central High School who wanted to come because of a program, but yet that was voted down. Indian, uh, Sussex Central High School is, by all accounts, the most crowded school that we it have. It doesn't matter I think. if we're talking... It, well, uh, East Millsboro Elementary is about 115% capacity. I'm not arguing with you, Doc. No, I understand that. In general, East Millsboro is one of the most overcapacity schools we have, but yet so, we're going to keep letting kids in there. So, Mr. Lewis, what is the, what is the exact percentage for East Millsboro? As of uh, this afternoon's county, it's at 100% capacity. And Dr. Savvy, you have to understand these priority ones, they are in this percentage count. Okay, so As the student June, from Woodbridge uh, is first grade or second grade? Second grade. Second grade. Do they have a sibling in the school also? They do not. Okay. They do not. So this student from Woodbridge, we are saying that the tie is so significant at this point that we want to keep them from now until graduation in our system, correct? As, as defined Thank by you. our district policy, they are and that's noted why, as a returning student. Yes. And that's why school choice will never get any less because we're gonna keep on accepting kids from other districts. The only other option would be to deviate from every school in priority ones to the consideration for just maybe a secondary student. Um, and I didn't hear that the board wanted yet the board would want to do something like that and differentiate from our secondary schools versus the ties at the elementary school. So the one in this case would be a second grader. The one at Sussex Central and Indian River would be 
11th and 12th period, respectively. Again, I don't have a problem with in-district kids being able to pick a school within our district, but it's not fair for us to pick and choose the winners and losers as to who gets to do what. And I'll go back again to the 15 kids in Indian River that didn't get to come to Sussex Central, partly because of the IB program. We're picking winners and losers, and we're arbitrarily making that kind of a vote. District, in-district kids, I don't have a problem with. It's out-of-district kids. And I don't believe somebody in elementary school has created such a strong tie that they can't go to Woodbridge School District. When the committee started this, it was set up, and when we said we weren't taking students from out of district, going from this point forward. So, and I, again, I'm assuming this, but that child was already in the district when we made that decision. So the next child would feed through until such point as he changed schools. Then when he changed schools, he would get out, and that we were going to implement it so we were phasing it out. Uh, I wasn't here last month for the decision. Uh, my, and I don't have a problem with 85%. My problem is how you did it in one meeting in the middle of the summer with giving these parents very little time to react to it. That, that's my problem with it. I, I had originally, and I, I apologize whether that was a committee meeting or a meeting here, because there's two different discussions going on, one at the committee and one here, and I don't remember which one it was, but we said going forward with the following school year, so we were going to give parents that notice going forward of how we were going to act, so they can make the preparations, then the following school year we would stop. That's my concern. Um, we put a lot of people in a real hardship dropping it on in mm -hmm. July. Mr. So Collins. So the Woodbridge student, help me on this one again then, the Woodbridge student is in second grade. You go elementary up to fifth grade, sixth grade, you start into the middle school. Sixth grade, that child is going from our school. That, so that child's not gonna be a returning student at that point in time. So legally, we have no bounds to that student. So you can stay here second, third, fourth, and fifth. Sixth grade, you're gonna go back to Woodbridge. Does that make sense? Because the argument then from the parent is gonna be my child has been used here to for that many years. Here, so why should they continue or I'm a teacher in the here. district and that's it, yes. Just remember your initial priorities and again, I, I didn't bring a copy, but the initial priorities are not set by us. The definition of a returning student is set by us, but the priorities are not set by the district. They are set by the state. But the implementation, and correct me if I'm wrong on our conversation, Jay. The definition Jay, no, of a returning no, no, student. No, no. But Jay, the, this program in general itself is a program that we do not have to administer. School choice. Right. To, to apply school choice, it's the percentage by which the capacity right. is reached that we would need to look at. There, there will be a couple things. There will be changes in the new school choice policy. It's up for uh, legislative review, and those changes will be set forth. One of the, the previews that we we saw is how they define um, siblings. You know, uh, how to handle an in district, how to handle an out of district. Currently, the way it talks about siblings, you're pretty much well locked in with, with siblings. However, in the future, uh, once they pass the new law, it appears that you, you will, your in-district siblings, but your out-of-district siblings may be a consideration, but you won't be required to do that. But just so the board's fully aware of some statistics, and we had uh, Carissa Pepper to take a look at it just so we could try to give you 
as, and be as informative as we possibly could. We have 134 kids today in this district who, are out of, who live out, outside the Indian River School District. It's 1.3% of our population. So what we have seen and what we've noticed is that number has, has over the last couple of years, decreased. Because as soon as this become an issue with the board, we tried to stay away from bringing in what we would call today, I guess, a five and a, a, five and a six, which would be a five would be a normal in-district kid who would come, a six is an out-of-district. So what we've tried to do is try stay away from the priority sixes because we don't bring those new out-of-district kids in. Now, the financial impact you know, that we're going to see, we got the financial choice charter uh, bill this past week. Our bill for our kids who are transferring out of the district is going to be in the name, it's over $800,000 this year. We've jumped almost 200000 since last year. And, um, you know, we won't have the calculation ready for those who are coming in, but most of our kids are coming in from Laurel, Seaford, areas where their tuition is not as high as ours. So we are going to see a net loss this year, probably, I'm going to guess, pretty close between six and $700,000 loss in, in choice. But when we're looking at the number of kids, just keep it, we're, we're looking at... 1.3% of the kids that are in our district. And one of the things, Mr. Hudson, I think, and we've gone around and around and around school choice. And we've changed the policy and we've tried to get it right. And we finally came up with the idea of the ties. Um, and we, we did that a couple years ago, I think, or maybe last year, year before, where if we can keep the kids who have ties to the district, it will eventually decrease every year the number of out-of-district kids that we have in the district. But it is not going to be immediate. It's going to take time. And I know we said that when, when we had the policy discussion of the policy. It's just going to take time till we get those down. Um, at the same time, statistically, as of today, we have 10,855 kids enrolled uh, in, our, in our district schools. The choice numbers that we looked at for out-of-district, we have, there's a higher choice level in the northern end of the district for out-of-district students than there is in the south. And, and a pretty dis distinct difference between the two. Um, but I will say this, and, and I'm going to say this very proudly in front of the, the people and, and the board, why people want to come to our district is because of the accomplishments that our schools are able to get our students to, to a level. Our kids get national awards, state awards. We have programs that you know, other school districts don't have. And that's a big draw. And in today's society, and being around a long time, education has come to the forefront of a lot of parents. And they start at a young age. So they are going to shop, which is one of the reasons school choice is school choice. They are going to shop for the best school they can find because that's what they want for their children. So that's what we're looking at. It's a problem. But really, we have parents who want their kids to do great things. We have great schools. We, we struggle right now because of the position we're in. We're just in a bad position. And the last time, I think, the last major revision we had to the school choice was about four or five months ago. And we kind of felt pretty comfortable then because that's when we kind of had the returning student defined where the point of exactly what it was going to be and what we were going to hold it to and keeping in mind that we are going to gradually filter out the districts 
are the out-of-district students. The in-district students is just something we're going to have to look at. And, you know, it's tough. We're a big district, folks. We are a very big district. And it's, it's management-wise, it's, it's, it's difficult. The bigger it is, 11,000 students, twice as big as anybody else. It makes it more difficult on us. And it, it makes it hard. And sometimes there are hard decisions we have to make. And then sometimes if we can work it out for the parents, we try to work it out for the parents. And I think that's where we are. Uh, and, I, and I've said this numerous times. You know, we've, we've looked at this. And um, Dr. Owens came in my office today and wanted, wanted to uh, meet in Mr. Lewis's office over one more time, and I just couldn't go do it again because I said, look, I, I've got something else I've got, to get, I've got to do. But we go over this with a fine-tooth comb in various levels. But I will say that the thing that was concerning is that change midstream. If we're going to make a change in school choice, we need to do it at the beginning of a choice season when the kids are coming in. But we have been around and around with this policy. I don't know what else we can do to make this policy better at this point. I, I really don't know. But I do know that we need a lot of community support with future referendums for current expansion, future referendums for major capital. And I think in the people that live in our district, I think we're obliged to at least look at those folks and do the best we can for those kids. And I agree with you totally. And keeping people who are out of the district out is probably what it should come down to. But as far as moving around within the district, I have no issues with that. They're already overcrowded everywhere. So if we accept, what, one through five and block six through whatever, I'm comfortable with that. So is there any concern about... Um, the imbalance that may exist in a current building where maybe a number of students are choicing out? Do we have any buildings where we have a maybe a higher number of students choicing out? I, I don't know. And what I have asked, Dr. Statler, this is concerning to me that we've got $800,000 valued of kids, three, over 300 plus students leaving the district. Right. And I think we need to find out why. We also so, have a lot of students that are leaving Philip Chow. True. Right. However, Philip Chow's enrollment since the last conversation we had, they're up around, I think, 308, 309 kids. So they're gradually going up. And they're finding that they're getting more kindergartners come in. And which, which before, if you take a look at the trend that we see this week, or excuse me, yeah, this week, and next week, the first week of school, that's where we'll probably see the largest growth spurt that we'll see this year. However, we will also see a pretty significant drop in student enrollment because when we get back, and I know Dr. Layfield, Mr. Williams are here, they can speak at the high school, but I can tell you that at the high school level, every year when you come back, you lose kids. You don't know where they are. Some, some people, they move, they don't tell you. You get record requests. So really, you will see an increase. You'll see a slight decrease through September, but with a slight decrease because of special needs students, you'll see a slight increase in the number of teacher units that we generate in Division I. So that's what we see, but we do want to take a look at the kids who are choicing out. Carissa uh, Pepper is working on that. Uh, we're just not sure the level of what she can pull uh, from the state system, but we're trying to find out, number one, the families, the areas, uh, what schools they're leaving, what schools they're going to, so we can have some idea as to, you know, why we have that, and is there anything we can do to balance things back out the way they should be. So can you tell me the percentage capacity of Philip Shaw? 
Six, 61%. 61%. As of today. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we will have some staffing changes there as well, correct? I'm sorry. Some staffing changes. Uh, we, will, we will next year. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say one last thing. I want to go on the record again stating that I have no problem with in-district students school choicing within the district. I have no problem with that. I almost feel like if we're going to revisit July's, are we able to bring back up those 15 kids that got denied coming from Indian River to Sussex Central? They were in-district kids. And also I would ask, are we going to be able to revisit the ones that have already left because they were notified and followed the procedure and went and enrolled their kids in the district in which they resided? And another point to say is I've listened to this and we're talking about the parents and obliging the parents and I, I can deal with that. However, we have yet to address the administration side of it and we have some teachers in the district that have voiced their concern and we're pleased with the fact that we were finally getting a hold on it because they could get some, their classrooms kind of organized and know how many students are gonna be there. So, and listening at this now, and I know we have some teachers in the district that don't reside in the district where they teach. I understand that as well. However, those teachers are there for the purpose of teaching and don't have a student there were appreciative in several of those schools and made it known that it was time that we move forward, that we don't always oblige everybody that has a concern and wants it their way. In fact, and I don't know if other board members got more than that, I think I ended up with maybe four emails from, from these people, from people, some, maybe two, and I'm not sure if this, two were teachers, two were individuals in there, but when we start looking at 10,855 students and we start looking at less than 25 concerns, where are we putting our priorities? Mr. Lewis, I guess you can continue. Georgetown Elementary School, a total of four school choice applications. There's a first grader from Laurel as a returning student. One second grader from Laurel as a returning student. One third grader from North Georgetown as a returning student. And a fourth grader coming from North Georgetown as a returning student. Recommendations are to accept. Again, they are priority number one. John M. Clayton, uh, which is a building that is at 78.6% capacity. There's a total of nine school choice applications. Uh, for the Spanish immersion, <coughs> there are two applications, and that is priority number five. Priority number five, which is a district student, and they are applying for that particular Spanish immersion program. Regular education kindergarten application, uh, one from LB, also priority number five. Grade one, total of three applications, priority number five. And they are coming from Georgetown Elementary, LB, and also Philip Shell. Fourth grade, two applications come from Lord Baltimore, priority number five. 
fifth grader, one fifth grader coming from Georgetown Elementary, priority number five, and we are asking to accept those recommendations and those school choice applications. Lord Baltimore Elementary, they are currently at 89.6% capacity, a total of 10 school choice applications. Three applications, uh, one from Georgetown Elementary, one from John and Clayton, one from Philip Shaw. They are priority number three, which would be the N District siblings. And we are asking for those applications to be accepted. The remaining kindergarten applications is a total of five. Three from East Millsboro, one from John and Clayton, one from Philip Shaw. They are priority number five, priority number five, district students, and we are asking for those applications to be rejected. And the theme that you're hearing here is that we're trying to keep, from the conversation to understand, is to keep priorities one through four, and that's what we're bringing to the table tonight, uh, to keep the theme of these families, these families together. I, I will say that there, those priority fives, and speaking with the principal, she would be willing to take those and felt she did have room in kindergarten at LB with priority fives. So look, Raj, I'll, I'll remind you, those are district students. Um, she went with a reject with this if the board wanted to consider it because of the 85% criteria that was set last time. However, she felt she does have space and would be willing to accept them but wanted to go with the board's wishes with the 85% with the uh, rejection with the district students. Dr. Hatter, do you have a question, sir? Yeah, I did. It's drove it out of my mind temporarily. Okay, the, the district fives, they are within, those students are already within our district though, correct? Correct, yes. Are they related to the building in some way? Is there a teacher in there in some way or they just simply just want to go to the just school? Just want to go to that particular school. And they're coming from where? Uh, three are coming from East Millsboro, one from Johnny Clayton, and one from Philip Shaw. Okay, Philip Shaw really can't afford to lose too many, but certainly East Millsboro is already overcrowded, so it's a benefit to them and it kind of levels things off a little bit if those kids did go to LB. So I don't have a problem with, with fives either. Still at Lord Baltimore, grade one. Uh, this is a student, returning student, that is at um, is a Philip Shaw, priority number one, coming from Philip Shaw. And also there is a grade one, grade four student, returning student, priority number one. We're asking for those two to be accepted as well. Going to North Georgetown Elementary, they are at 99.2%, uh, two, Choice applications for first grade. One is a priority number three coming from Georgetown Elementary uh, in District Sibley. And the second is coming from uh, Laurel School District, priority number four uh, for an out of district sibling. And we are asking for those applications to be accepted. Philip Shaw Elementary again, 61%, two applications. Uh, the first is priority one from coming from LB, the first grader, and also the second is a third grader coming from LB, priority one. And we're asking for those to be accepted as well. Georgetown Middle School, uh, their capacity is 87.5, three school choice applications. Uh, 
two for uh, priority number one. Uh, they're coming from Millsboro Middle School. And the second, uh, we're asking for that application to be accepted. And the uh, priority number six is a, an out-of-district student coming from Seaford, and we're asking for that to be rejected. Priority six is, just to remind the board here, children of school employees holding a permanent position that meets the state requirements as a pension eligible position. We uh, worked on that wording last time, so that's priority six. And then the final priority would be non-district students, priority seven. Can you repeat six again? Yes. Yeah. Six are children of school employees holding a permanent position to meet the state requirements as a pension eligible position. So those are school employees. employees. And what grade is that student? That's uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade. So we looked at that um, in terms of capacity and no current tie. However, it is a school employee's child wanting she they want them to come to that school. But it's out of district. So the school employee lives out of district? Yes, I would assume so because the student's residence would be uh, out, of, right. out of district. Okay. And that was requested or suggested to be rejected, correct? That's correct. That's correct. So now so that's rejected some... because of capacity? That's rejected because the student is not in the district? Capacity. I'm, I'm going to hope. I'm a little concerned. I'm going to hope because I'm still a little concerned that we pick and choose what we use for capacity and what we don't. I mean, we went through this before, so here we sit now and we said, oh, we're going to reject us for why? Because of capacity. Well, we just accepted these others and it's over capacity there, but that's okay because we have them 110% and they want to transfer to a 99%. Again, over capacity is over capacity with your teachers, your restrooms, your, your, your gym, your cafeteria. So the next thing that will come up is you're going to have these disgruntled parents that are going to say, my child had to go to lunch at 9.52 and they only got to school at 8.10 and then by 1228 they were starved again so then what are we going to do come back we're going to revisit it again and go oh well we, we might need to change this we're, we're just not consistent the fact of the matter is is we're overcrowded regardless whether we reject these kids or not we're overcrowded you but take this you take it right. they don't on the other hand you do what's practical because you do have two wrongs you got to figure some kind of a compromise in between okay you take a school like this one that was designed for, what, 12, 1,400 kids, it's at 1,500. Yeah, we already have a lunch problem. Whether you add or subtract 15 kids isn't gonna make a daggone bit of difference. Alrighty, and we got this point because we did take in other students because we thought they deserved an opportunity and because that's what the law wanted us to do. And now we are dealing with it. But if we have 132 out of district students total that are coming in at 1%, that's not going to make a difference in anybody's individual classroom one way or the other, certainly not in the totals. Right. Our records indicate uh, for that priority six that we're questioning now, for July there are three, and if we uh, look for August this month, there's an additional two, so five total priority six for consideration. Well, I'm not saying I'm, not saying I'm going to go for the sixes at this point, okay? That, that's a different item, but I think the, the first part of it, like I said, a compromise of some flavor is going to be in order because in this particular case, 
we can only win so far. Um, I don't know what else to say, but if you cut it off the way you want to cut it off, a lot of people lose. You cut it off the way I want to, not as many people lose. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to phrase there, it. There was a reason, um, Scott, or Mr. Collins can verify this. We had a long discussion about prior to six, about teachers wanting to bring their kids here. And we, we got in quite a discussion about people who go to Sussex Tech to teach. We now have their kids, or they take a job in another district. We now have their kids. It's a tough situation, but in the end, we made it a priority six because we felt it didn't rise to the level of the other students. Now, did we get to define priority six, or is that a state-defined priority six? Yeah, I think the first three, isn't it, Mr. Lewis? Correct. First three are mandated by the state, and then anything after you get the uh, out-of-district siblings, and you can uh, do your procedures, anything after that. When we see the reasons for rejection, what are the codes that you're able to select from? Discipline, attendance, and capacity. So those are the only three? Correct. Am I correct that some school districts, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but some school districts make an exception for employees, allowing their kids to school choice? I believe they set their school choice criteria as such where those students are at a higher level so they would be able to get in. That's what whether, I believe. Whether they live in district or out of district. Correct. You can set beyond those three criteria. You could say a criteria for, for instance, is your district employees, um, or excuse me, students of district employees. So they would be the priority for if that's what that district chose to select. Mr. Fritz, that was part of the discussion. To be aware that then their kids would jump over in district kids who wanted to do something. That's a hard situation, tough situation, but we felt like we, we wanted to do what was best for the students and the families that were in our district, already in our district. That was our top priority. I, Mr. Collins, if you agree with that, I think that's safe. Moving on to Millsboro. Uh, middle school, excuse me, Millsboro um, Middle School, 93.1, 93.1% capacity. Two applications, uh, one is a priority one, uh, students coming from Georgetown uh, Middle School, priority number one. And the second is an employee's child uh, living in Seaford. Uh, that one also, the uh, employee's child, we're asking to reject that, the priority one we're asking to accept. Again, that's at 93.1%. Selbyville Middle School, I know Principal McCreedus, his building is packed and overpacked. He's at 108.5. And he has been very consistent uh, rejecting his students uh, throughout this school choice process, which began in February. In New River High School, 95.4. Seeing one school choice application, grade 11, uh, the student is a priority one has moved to Cape Cod Local School District and is asked to come back. Uh, recommendations to accept. Sussex Central High School, uh, as of today, 119.3%. Three school choice applications. A ninth grader, a returning student uh, that moved to Laurel. Again, priority one, we're asking to accept that student. Um, there are two uh, seniors who are priority ones. Uh, one uh, moved to Milford and the second 
to the Indian River uh, School District Attendance Territory. And we are asking to accept those students as well. Well, those two students are already listed in the 110% that the building is, correct? Yes, yes. All priority number ones are already in this percentage count. So it doesn't make a bit of difference to those buildings whether they come or go. It's a slight drop. Southern Delaware School of the Arts at 82%, so we're seeing a total of 12 uh, choice applications. Uh, kindergarten, uh, there's a total of four. Uh, we're asking to accept those in their priority threes um, and one priority five. Uh, first grade, uh, there are three applications. They are priority fives, asking to accept Sixth grade, uh, there's a total of four. One is priority two or priority three, and two are priority fives. And a seventh grade is one application, which is a priority five student. We're asking to accept all of and those. And again, two. they're already counted in there? Not yet, no. no sir. Not yet. No, that's no, not a school Lewis, of the arts. No. Mr. Lewis, Mr. Lewis, those, if I understood you right, then all the school, Delaware School of the Arts kids are all in district kids. Yes, there's uh, number three, of course, uh, siblings or number fives are um, district district students. So that's, that's huge. I mean, that's, they're all in district, no out-of-district kids coming in. <clears throat> Mr. Lewis, um, for Sevenville Middle School, what did you say the percentage was? 108.5. 108.5, and there were no applications for July, or there were no applications approved by the principal for July? <clears throat> for the July, I, must, I may have missed that, Dr. Statler. There was a student from Cape Philippine who applied, uh, which is priority six, um, which is an employee's child, and we're asking to reject that. So, <clears throat> with that said, there's a total of 51 school choice applications. We are asking to accept 43 and reject eight. And what's the breakdown on the eight? Uh, there are sixes one, and one or two sevens. Uh, there are, at Lord Baltimore, there are three, four, five uh, that are priority five. We are asking to reject. Uh, Georgetown Middle, that's a priority six. Employees child to reject. Uh, Millsburg Middle, employee's child, we are asking to reject. And of course, uh, the one at Cape Open for Subbyville Middle School to reject. Mr. Lewis, so, again, I hate to keep asking questions here. How many priority fives are we rejecting versus priority six or seven? <clears throat> priority five, three, four, five. There's five priority fives and two priority six. So there's five priority five. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That are in district kids? Yes. Okay. Well, Mr. Basically, we've that, already that stopped accepting a lot of other district kids. I better ask well, him, I'm, I'm thinking it does. Mr. Lewis, are you, is, that, is that complete last month's list? The total of eight. Total of eight to be rejected. So five of them are priority five. Priority five, yes. Uh, can I ask Mr. Ellens or Dr. Ellens a question here? With those priority fives, do you think that they would be accepted knowing that the 85% has been lifted? 
based on my discussion with the principals, yes, they would uh, like the priority fives that had originally wanted to accept and had space. We could ask them specifically, but um, it's my understanding that they wanted to hold firm to the 85 because of the board's wishes last month. So you, you talked with them and they would have uh, had it not been for the 85%. Yeah, we can verify with those, those principles if we would like. <clears throat> so the only thing about the, the sixes is that traditionally we have never accepted sixes, it's, you know, in the past, what, two, three, four, right? Yeah, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that. So Those I do caution us against making a decision to accept sixes when we've never entertained those. Um, those aren't currently on the, the um, accept list. Um, so we, we can consider one through four. We could consider uh, one through five, obviously. Uh, we could verify with those principles and leave all six, or we could consider the one through six. Again, the sixes, I think there was you know, two or three, but again, three. at the situation three, that's a situation where we're bringing someone in that has no current tie, except that they are a school, they are an employee. Mr. Stout, just to make sure, I'm, I'm not proposing sixes. I, I think I would be against that because we're bringing in kids that have no ties. Except that the parents are employed by our district. Well, that's, you know, they don't live here and they have no siblings here. And if they move, then we got somebody who has no ties at all. <clears throat> Mr. Lewis, based on what I'm seeing here, it looks like the only fives with the reject would be Lord Baltimore, is that correct? That is correct, yes, sir. And I'll just take a look at it at Mrs. Webb. Um, would you accept those knowing that the moratorium on the 85% has been lifted? Dr. Owens, can you read the definition of priority five? Yes. To remind everybody. Priority five, district students. That's district the students. short definition. How's that different than number one? Number one's returning students. So you could have a student that... Okay, so we just gave the principal the right to decide to accept those district fives, but we wouldn't let the principal of Sussex Central have that same right for those 15 kids from Indian River. That's what I'm talking and about. There's no motion that's I'm talking about inconsistency. But there's no, no motion that's been made to go back to June because, no, quite isn't. frankly, we could go but to I'm May, we I'm could go to April, correct? How far are we going to go back? Can I ask... I, I, this, this has always kind of puzzled me. So we do school choice. We, we accept, let's say we accept most of them, and there's these kids who don't get accepted. They're on a waiting list. So when do they get reconsidered again? Never? I, that's always kind of puzzled me. What happens to them? Once the school year starts, and unless something should happen that a lot of students would leave, we would never go to the waiting list to pull other students. Right. But they're, they're on that waiting list. Those, Sussex, those kids that we're talking about right now should be on the waiting list somewhere. Why can't we revisit them? I don't understand why you wouldn't. I mean, you can revisit anybody on a, that would be on a waiting list, couldn't you? So then again, I guess the question is how far do we, so we did some we denied before, how how far back in the calendar year are we gonna go? And I'm not saying No, I'm not saying to do it either, saying but I'm do saying this I'm month we do it, next month. I would we do think it. that you would do any in that calendar year, but I'm not I'm not saying you do all of them, I'm just saying there's a question about these kids that wanted to go to South Central. But how do you do some and not do others? You're you, talking about not being fair across the board. That's you can consider last any month other. was fair. Although some people didn't like it, it was fair across the board to what it was. So if they're on a waiting list. 
I don't see why you couldn't consider anybody. What, when does it, what, what's the purpose of a waiting list? That's so what at I the like end of this year, like at the end of this that year, whenever it's done, those people don't stay on the waiting list for the next five years. No, they stay on the waiting list for that year, I would think. I don't know. That's what I don't understand about it. We put, we don't accept them. So what happens to them? One quick question I have on this is, when is the new cycle year for school choice? Begins the first Monday in November. So. It closes the second Wednesday in January of 2020. First Monday in November. Okay. So, Mr. Lewis, have you finished your list for the previous month? Yes, I have another one to go through. Okay, we're going to act on. Would you need a motion? vote on this? Um, I'm going to, I think so. I, if I'm understanding the conversation, I want to make sure I do. I don't know that I've fully got the last priority, but I wanted to make a motion from what I'm hearing that we accept priorities one through five. That's kind of what I'm hearing now. Mr. Owens or Dr. Owens, what is your recommendation as we move forward here? Yeah, I, I would recommend one through five. Second. And that's only because we have principals that's like Mrs. Webb that says she can accept her she has room for her five, her number fives, not five students. But the other ones that get accepted, again, we're we're still over our capacity issue, right? We can revisit those as well. No, 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 I'm not asking that. The other ones that are number fives are in the criteria of being over capacity. Am I correct? My understanding tonight with the July is we're accepting all fives that have been presented in all schools, regardless of capacity. Just so you know, also, we have another list to go through that has a total of 45 school choice applications on it. So if you want to consider one through five on this July board meeting, I certainly hope you will consider August one through five in the, for the August board agenda. Uh, again, there's a total of 45 of those applications that need to be reviewed. And again, and most of those are in district. So I would have to go through it like we did. Yes, I mean, there one through, the theme was one priorities one through five. And I see on this one right now, there's a one priority six. Mrs. Allen, I, I would recommend, I'm going to make a motion one through five. If you feel that there is sentiment to do six, then I would encourage you to make another. I, I do not. I'm sorry? I do not. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure I wasn't misinterpreting what you were saying. Well, those six, you know, if we want to flip the coin and throw the big ball out, there's only three priority number sixes, yeah. and, and one's at Georgetown Middle, and one's at Millsboro Middle. Well, that's for now, but there again, you open up the keg of worms, how far you can buy. Sure. Yeah, I, I would stick with my motion of priorities one through five. Okay. Second. I really feel like going, I really feel like going forward, I don't care if you make it 85%, 90%, 95%, I don't care. I almost feel like there needs to be a standard well, my that the whole district has to abide by. Maybe 85 is too low. I don't care. Make it a number. But we just, I, I'm very irritated that tonight we gave one principal the right to verbally say or not whether they would accept priority fives, but we have another principal in this room we didn't give that right to, we told them no. And that's those Indian River kids that want to go to Sussex Central. We told that we didn't even give that principal the right. But we, so, we have we have been picking and choosing now. It's not it's not just for right. June. 
we have been picking and choosing for many, many months. That's why there so needs if to we're going to go standard. back and visit June, then we also need to make considerations for other months where we've not allowed principals to make that choice. I mean, that would be consistent, not just going back to June. I understand. That's what I'm saying. And then where are those it's totally now? inconsistent. Good question. And regardless, with the exception of Philip Shell, all of the buildings are still going to be overcrowded. That's correct. It doesn't make a big difference. That's and once the numbers get rerun here, I'd like to see a st statistical comparison. And if it amounts to more than half a percentage point in each building, I'd be severely surprised. Okay, you want to repeat your motion? My motion is that we accept the school choice applications priority one through five. Yes, sir. For, uh, I have a question before we do. For what period of time? Are we talking about July's and August? No, we're to, no we haven't. July. We haven't or July, about. excuse me. Only from July's meeting. Nothing yep. prior to that. Not currently. That's what we've been no, discussing. No, it's not going to be current. It's either we do it or that, we don't. That's what we've been discussing the July numbers. So that's okay, my, so, that's my okay, fine. So, all in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? No vote. I would like to make a motion, as of tonight, that we go on record of saying that when the new cycle for school choice starts, which is the first Monday in November, that we adhere to the 85%. So that's given you ample time between now and whenever it is to notify those people in the district about the procedure and we don't have to come back in here somebody's been disfitted because they didn't know it in time. Should, shouldn't that be a discussion for the policy committee instead of doing the same thing we did last month making a decision without any input? I think well, it's we already had, We've already had 85 percent. It is a policy but we don't abide by it. We, we changed the policy without discussion at a policy committee meeting. We no. have until November. We have 85 percent that's in our policy right now. May. And now it, it was changed. Right. Now it's May. Right. Right. Okay. It's what it, well, it's always been. So if it's so we're not changing the policy. If you're, if you're gonna, what are you gonna change it to? You're gonna stay 85 is is the cap. We're that saying we we're putting it on record now to say when you start your November enrollment on there that we're gonna adhere to the 85 percent. I think that needs to be a policy. Okay, committee. fine. We can do it, Jimmy. Because it's I'll, not till November. If, that's fine. I'm not gonna make that make that mistake that's again. Fine. We need to have a discussion about that. If we're moving we in district students around yeah. from one building to another, ultimately the 85% doesn't mean a thing. The only thing that the 85% means is how many kids we're going to accept in from the outside world. And that's something that we can stop. But the other kids are already here. And if you take them from one building that's slightly higher into another one, statistically that is a lowering or an averaging. Occasionally it's going to go the other way. Okay, this is it's not going to come out clean no matter what we decide to do tonight with 85% because we're already way past that and so but are we appeasing the parent or are we appeasing the or are we going with what our teachers are who are hired to train I think teach? basically we're probably doing a little bit of both because the principals um, who are willing to accept this have already had the challenge and worked it out and if you add five buildings to five kids to a building that has 700 students that's not even one per classroom Okay, and then as far as the parents goes, we made a commitment to them when we accepted their kids the first time around. Only for two years. School choice is only for a two year period. 
How clear am I was right? Hold on. If you think I'm wrong, Pep, am I wrong? Sorry. When we accept a school choice student, we have to keep them two years, right? It's a two-year commitment. Okay. And so how many? Of that, how much of that was clearly explained to I, the average parent? I, you know, if me as a board member, somewhat blissfully unaware of that, and I've been here for a while. It's a it's a two-year it's a two-year commitment, but they don't reapply. They don't reapply no. until they and move then, to the next well, saying that if it's, if it's a, it's a two-year commitment that we take on, but if something comes up like like over, or like capacity and all that, then you have that opportunity to send well, them back to their school. I think it's attendance or discipline probably. But well, we got elections anyway. up soon, so we'll be good. Okay, on the previous motion, did any board member either uh, vote no or abstain? Okay, then the motion passes unanimously. Again, uh, President Garland, I just want to make sure we're looking at priority one through five, correct, on this correct. July. Yeah. Okay. And um, in the spirit of that theme, do we do the same thing, priority one through five, with the um, uh, August okay, so agenda? School choice applications for this evening, then. Do you so want to hear them? Or? East Mills for Elementary School. A total of nine school choice applications. All in district. Now, these are priority threes, fours, and five. Three, four, and five. So then would you change the John M. Clayton as it reads now, because that's a priority five, you say reject C, C as a capacity, but now that you're taking fives, you're going to accept that. And the reason that was rejected because uh, Mrs. Booth is filled up in that Spanish immersion program for kindergarten. Okay, so, 50, so we should students. ask Mrs. Booth, okay. would she be willing to take those two students? In Spanish immersion There's as a priority five. It's just one student, Dr. Stanley. Okay. Would she be willing to take that student? Okay. So I just want to make it clear that we do allow, as Mr. Fritz said, we allow some principals to make that choice and other principals are not. And do we waive the class size? Dr. Stout, I, I would agree. I, personally, I think it should be the principal and the assistant superintendent, which is what it was. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. But somehow we got off track. Georgetown Elementary, um, there's a total of five school choice applications, and they are priority four and five. Uh, Johnny Clayton, um, a total of two. Um, as we said, that one is priority five, but it was rejected due to the Spanish Immersion Program being full. Now, if we're going to stay into the spirit of taking priority one through five, I'm not sure how do you want to take that one out. Um, we could talk about that. Um, at Long Neck Elementary, a total of uh, four school choice applications for kindergartner. Uh, they are priority fives. LB, uh, there's one application, priority five. North Georgetown, four applications, priority five. Uh, Philip Shout does not have any. Georgetown Middle, uh, two applications. Uh, one is a returning student, and one is priority five. Millsburg Middle, a total of five applications. Uh, they are priority one and uh, priority fives. Subbyville Middle. Pastor, hold on a second. Yes. We Either I might be looking at the wrong spreadsheet, but when we go past 
that agenda that you have there is, is not the one uh, you should be looking at because the original vote that was made first thing, uh, that agenda was based on the 85% that uh, was made in July. Are there any, uh, Mr. Lewis, I know you're going through your list, are there any that are either not returning students or not already students that we have? Uh, we have, uh, the, they're all priority one through five with the exception of uh, Subbyville Middle School, uh, which is an employee's child, priority six. Everybody else is um, priorities one through five. And I, I would make a motion that we move forward with priorities one through five. Is there a second to the motion? The motion? I, I just want to clarify with that, we are um, saying that we will accept, if you're saying that one through five, then we're saying that we're going to accept that Spanish immersion student who is a five against the principal's wishes. No, I'm not that sure that's program. what the principal said. I'd like to hear one more time. I don't know that I heard her. I'm sorry. I believe she so said when you make school and they would Mrs. Booth, if you come down here, please, Mrs. Booth. Just hard to hear you all the way in the back, Mrs. Booth. As she's coming up, I do know we've had, we've encountered some other issues with this where the principal would allow a student to come in to the kindergarten program and be part of their kindergarten itself However, the immersion is capped at 50 in our, in our elementary schools. So it could be a situation where, yes, a student could come as a district student at five, come in to be part of the kindergarten program, but we've already capped off the immersion. So right. immersion isn't actually capped though, because a couple of years ago we did allow, I think it was four students to come into East Millsboro, even though that program was at capacity for immersion, we allowed like four students to come in so we were able to go past that cap so that's i mean that is negotiable okay well we we under the definition of returning students we took out returning um for school choice we took out spanish immersion ib and stem programs for students who were either terminated or withdrawal from the program so if they withdraw if they're not part of spanish immersion then they are not a returning student that is correct So I think the so question, like question would be, Ms. So does that mean the capacity is a no-go in, in the future? Because currently I thought, as Dr. Owen said, that we have 50 students within the immersion program for East and John and Clayton. Are you, are you willing to accept this child as a kindergarten, did I hear that right, as a kindergarten student hoping that, or maybe that someone else might drop so out? So what right? I said, so I'm sorry if it wasn't clear back there, we have 50 students in the program. The student only applied for the program, not for John and Clayton as a regular student. Okay. So we denied based on the program. Um, so they can go on a, whist, a waiting list for the program, but they didn't apply to go into our regular ed kindergarten classroom. Okay, now the question I guess that I would have would be, can you make it work because they are a priority five. We're accepting priority fives tonight. Can you make that work? That would be the question. I, I don't want to put you on the spot if you can't say so, but that, that's that what we're kind of looking to, at this point. To Mr. Lewis, in terms of filling out the application for school choice because they did not complete that part of the form. 
Well, I'm, I'm specifically asking about Spanish immersion. Well, we have a waiting list in-house right now, so okay. right. they would so have to go on a waiting list behind those right. students. Okay, that answers that question. Okay. So you have people on the waiting list already other than this one student who applied? Yes. Okay, then I don't think we can accept that okay. other student no, because they need to go on the waiting list then as well. Because if you are going to take another student, then you would take a waiting list student first. They were already on the waiting list. Before. They were already on the waiting list. So to me, that's it's not even fair that that child should have been allowed to get this far. She should have been told up front, or he should have been told up front, that there was a waiting list. And that's as simple as that. Right. So how did that even get on there tonight? Yeah, I'm not sure I understand that. This is one I don't quite understand. Well, they, when they put in for school choice, I can't tell you exactly when the application was filled out. Right. But whenever they put in for school choice, we certainly have to entertain it. Either put the kid on the wait list or is denied due to capacity. So shouldn't we have multiple students on for Spanish immersion kindergarten that have been rejected due to capacity if you have a waiting list? If there's eight people on the waiting list, yeah. I should see eight people on this list rejected due to capacity, Unless not just one. I'm no, but that's just, I see that as an internal list based on what you think you can do. I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem with this student being brought when there's already a waiting list. Right. Because if we simply voted all the fives in, they'd be jumping ahead of the waiting list from other people who are already on it. That, that's, that would be my point. So to me, that one, this one is almost a moot point. It should be on the waiting list. You want to restate your But then well, shouldn't that waiting list be brought to the board so that you know that, so that in this case... It, we should be aware that there's a waiting right. list. I knew that there was one. I just I, didn't I, know how backed up it was. If I'm not mistaken, I, I want to ask her, but did she reject that student? That's, she did reject so she, she did. Reject, she did the right thing by rejecting them. Oh, yes. The problem is we're accepting fives. But yeah, what if these the other Spanish immersion students are ones, twos, threes, or yes. fours? Then if so, are we saying that moving forward, when we're accepting one through fives, that we are excluding certain programs? Yes. And I think such as Spanish immersion, STEM, STEM IB. And IB. Those are specialty programs to begin with. I'm not sure I'm quite getting it. I, I, she has a waiting list already. She's rejected this student. I, I'm, go say that again. I'm, I'm not so sure. when we're saying that we are accepting students in categories one through five tonight, we are actually excluding programs like Spanish immersion. Because my guess is, and you can tell me, do you have any idea of how many students might be on your waiting list for Spanish immersion? Currently, that we have three. Um, three students. Right. So are those other uh, two students of priority one, two, three, or four? So they're in-house students. So they're already John and Clayton students. Okay. So they're priority one. Right. Okay. So we have three students on the waiting list. I'm still confused as to why I don't see on... Um, the Spanish immersion to accept maybe a couple of those other students except you're saying 50 students is your cap for the program. So I think the issue could be, and Pep can correct me if I'm incorrect, but when you're applying for school choice now you're going through the state if you're an out of feeder student. So my child lives in Millsboro, wants to go to school at John M. Clayton. We apply through the system online proceed through the process like we're doing right now. However, if my student lives in Dagsboro, they come to the school, apply, say they want to be in the program. 
they don't have to complete it through the state. So there's that difference that you don't see the students coming to the school registering and they're not on the list. Right, okay, so we have a couple of school choice students that didn't actually have to fill out a school choice right. application, so, you're not so that explains why we're yes. only seeing one, okay. I, I would caution us, though, against making decisions where we're capping programs with 50. So we're saying we're going to abide by capacity for those programs. We're going to make it at 50. That's We're not going over that. But it, it is very inconsistent then to say we're not going to follow any capacity guidelines in buildings. Well, I agree with that. And I would ask, Ms. Booth, to put you on the spot here. I'm sorry. Is 25 in a class, is that a state requirement or is that something that you could work with? Um, it's not a state requirement. It's something that we came up with as a district because at the kindergarten level you have and maybe the I ratio. Ask, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Right. Maybe I should ask Ms. Dr. Owens that question. What What is your feeling about that? Could you ask that again, please? We, it, sounds like we, it sounds like there's four kids. That, have I got that right? There's three in-house and one that's applied? Correct. There's four that want to get in the program. That would make 54 kids. We're getting ready to start school. Can, can, that, can we make that work or would that not be a good idea? I would leave, I would leave that up to your judgment. I, yeah, we can, we can default to the principals and see what work would need to be done. The issue is, is there's state criteria um, we've got some folks in the room that have been part of this immersion process from the beginning where to try to have firm numbers in terms of how many in each classroom and then the support that's needed for each one of those. Yeah, I understand all that. I, that's why I don't, I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other. I'm just asking. I'm, I'll speak for myself and not the other immersion principal, but we were trying to stay consistent with the 50 this year. Okay. And there again, we have in some cases, just like Mrs. Booth, you know, she rejected it because she was following policy and it's 50. So if that was her decision, I don't think it's right that we as board, and I'm only speaking for myself, would try to persuade her to say, well, we got four more on here. So we think that you need to take those again. We have, we have a principal. She knows what um, the capacity that, sh that they're comfortable with with teaching. Then I think at that point in time, we need to abide by what they say. That's exactly but on the other did. hand, That's we've exactly, had other principals exactly say that. That's exactly what I did. did. I asked her what her comfort level was. And she said, and she so said she's full and I'm yeah. good with it. I don't have a problem with it. Do you want to restate your motion? Um, well, yeah, I'm going to say we go with uh, one through five. Now, this one student here is going to have to be told they're not in the they can't get in the immersion program, they're on a waiting list, I'm assuming. That student shouldn't have been brought to us in the first I, place. I agree. I just, okay. It's a tough situation so to be in. That's my motion. You can always redo it because what we're looking at is not official anyway because he said he changed it after this. So the, what we're in, in fact looking at is not accurate because there are other numbers that will go on some of those. So when he revisits it and revises that, then that doesn't necessarily have to be on there. Am I right, Pat? Yes, yes, we can certainly reject this one particular student, and um, depending on how you vote, sure, turns we, out. we can do that. That's okay, is there a second to Mr. Hudson's motion? Second. Okay, motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Okay, <laughs> poll the board, please. Mr. Barley? Yes. 
Yes. Mr. Collins? No. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? No. Motion passes by a majority vote. Thank you. Before we leave school choice, Mr. Lewis, just five more seconds, just in case it gets thrown out. I'm not gonna waste anybody's time with a discussion on this, and I don't expect to right all the wrongs with this. Dave Marvel spoke about it. Jim Fritz brought it up already. I'm gonna make a motion that we accept June's Sussex Central Choice students that was recommended by the principal and uh, assistant superintendent that went in front of us that night. I'll second. I make a motion. I'll second. For, for motion made and second. Okay. That's not on the agenda. Dr. Layfield, could you accept those students? Yes. Can I make, Mr. Byerly, could I make a motion that we revisit the June school choice? I second his motion. I, I don't think we can do that because it's Next not on the agenda. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's not going to no work. Problem. I understand. The July wasn't on the agenda, was it? Yes, July. it was. It was on the agenda. Well, we were close to write a big wrong. Close, but no cigar. So, just, just again, I'm just going to say, I, I really don't understand what happens to these people who get put on a waiting list. They just seem to disappear into space. I don't know what happens to them. So, I, that's my only problem with it. I don't, I don't get what, that. Yeah, once school starts again, Mr. Hudson, once school starts, unless a particular building needs well, students, we don't revisit the wait list. And, we then, and then that process starts school. over. We haven't started school yet. And he's, Mr. Or Dr. Layfield sitting there with these folks that applied for school choice. We didn't approve them. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking they're on a waiting list. School has not started. So what happens to them? They're just sitting there. It seems like to me they disappeared. I don't know. Do they ever get notified you've been rejected? They get notified that they're put on a waiting list. That'd be that's, done. That's my whole point. They're put on a waiting list for what? That, that's my whole point in this. What, what are they put on a waiting list for? As per state code. That's per state code to put on a wait list. Right. So until, until the first day of school. Right. And then if you should need to pull from that wait list, you can. And then once the November process starts, I mean, you're starting a new process. No, I understand that part. But, but we never go in to dig into a wait list at the middle, in the middle of the But we're school. here in August. School has not started. And if they're and on the waiting list, I can't bring that motion up is what we're saying. That's what I don't understand. They're, they're on a waiting I mean, you list. You might not be able to answer that. I, I, I think so. Uh, Mr. Layfield, could we just revisit the July board meeting as a result of a... But that's not on the agenda. This is on the agenda for... Am I right? But if you're on the waiting list... Isn't the waiting list constantly on the agenda until yeah. each time? Yeah, if, if you, for example, if you want to go back and revisit those particular students, and if you say, yes, we would like to get them at Sussex Central, school starts next Tuesday, somehow you would have to have another meeting to get that, get that accomplished. Because I don't think you can get it on the table tonight. Still, if I'm... I don't think, I don't think you can either. No. Uh, but so it, I mean, if not, this those students are going to have to wait until next month. Tomorrow and, and ask their interpretation of that. And that's the only thing we can do. 
Mr. Lewis, all 15 of these students are Indian River students that want a choice to Central, correct? That is correct. I think it's a total of 13. 13. I could be mistaken, but I think it was a total of 13. But, but some would argue that a waiting list is an open-ended an open list. That's what that I'm saying. It's available. <laughs> it only makes sense. Because so when, when does there cease to be a waiting list? From one year to the next, when is the when is there a point in time when you say we're done and we move forward? Normally, at the beginning of the school year, only ones that we entertain are the returning students that you'll see come to the board are returning students. Because I have not had a building, you know, call us a pep. I need ten students because whatever reason they left the country. Uh, that hasn't happened. So do so if hindsight is 2020. So then on the agenda every month, are we going to need to put on there to revisit the uh, waiting list to I be able to bring it? Oh, no, I'm just asking. Sure, I'd be for that I, because I don't know what happens to them. No, I'm just asking so that if, if it can't be brought up tonight because they say it's not on the agenda, is it, do we just arbitrarily put it on there every month saying discuss? I, I would agree with that, Leo. I'm, I'm just asking, I'm not saying do it, I'm just asking. Is, and I guess if you guys are going to check that tomorrow, we'll ask, is that the proper procedure that you do? I think, coming from, from the policy, I, I think if we set capacity, whatever, it, whatever we're going to follow, 85%, 90%, and then we come to the meeting and we follow the recommendations of the principals and Mr. Lewis, that'll save us a whole lot of time. Because now we're digging into previous months, we're digging mm -hmm. into wait lists, we're we're moving for this, we're moving for that. Follow the, follow the policy and follow on the, the administration's recommendation. And that'll save us a whole lot of time. Instead of pick-kneeling this and that for this school and this for that school. Follow the recommendations of the staff. That's, what, that's why they do it. So if we set the 85% and everybody's over capacity at that point in time, we don't get any school choice other than those schools that If we set policy that. says we're not gonna take anything once we get 85% and then we, we follow the recommendation, yeah. And guess what? Saves us a lot of time. Mr. Barley, I apologize for making that motion. If we can't move forward with it, I apologize to add three more minutes of the conversation. Appreciate your time, Mr. Okay, okay, cool. Mr. Barley, I want to add another minute. Mr. Collins, sir, the only, I, I, we are immersed in, the board members are immersed in school choice. Yes. This is just me speaking as one of 10 board members. We throw out 85%. A vast majority of the people that go to school live in our district. They don't. They're not immersed in school choice. So well, they hear 85 percent. Well, then why do you want me to build a new building? You got 15 percent. What are you doing with that 15 percent? Well, because they don't leave over 85 percent now. Because they don't. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that most people don't. They don't get into the school choice like we are. My my feeling, and again, I'm one of ten. I'm just saying my opinion. If it's not 100%, I don't know why we're, worried, we're not worried, we're worrying about it. It should be 100%. Mr. Hudson, I apologize. I'm trying to disseminate this. I see 4.01 as school choice applications for 2019-2020 with no further descriptor. Therefore, I feel as if the uh, motion that I made applies and we should move forward with the motion that I made. It doesn't, it only delineates June 29, 2019 board meeting. 4.02 only describes school choice applications 2019 to 2020. It doesn't prohibit anything from any other months. 
and it's clearly stated right here on paper. But I think what we know this was 401 was uh, last month, and 402 is this month. You're, you're the board president, but I can't see that by reading that. I can only see school choice applications 2019 to 2020, sir. And I emphatically ask that the motion be held and moved forward. And I will, I will second. I, I just that says 2019 to 2020. That should be school choice for that school year. We've got people on a wait list. No, are we going to tell them something, or are we not? Okay, well, I'm saying I this is this one. Do you need to name who you got 19 and 20? It doesn't say that it's for the August 19 and 20. It just says. If it said August, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it forward, but I apologize. It, it, it leaves it open for that motion. And again, it's your, it's your call, sir. I personally think you could, uh, that a lawyer would make a case that Mr. Layfield is correct. There, there's a motion made and a second. So before, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not muddying the water on there. We're doing to make those students there, but there were, I don't know this, but I'm saying, what if there were other students on there besides those 11? And I don't recall whether we voted on them and it passed or it didn't. Do we need to go back and revisit the whole uh, July? I mean, no, all, June, whatever we were, May, April. I can't answer you with other than we accepted the recommendation for the Indian River High School. True, I understand. My that. recommendation tonight is to accept the recommendation for the students that were chosen into Sussex Central. And I can give no further description okay. other than those students. And I believe Mr. Lewis clarified it to the extent that there were 13 students. So I'll, I'll go with what clarity I can. I don't think it, personally, I don't think it's being handled right. Anybody can object to it, so, but it sounds like I'm in the minority. Okay, so the motion is for the 13 that, that were denied previously will now be. On the June meeting for Sussex Central that okay. were recommended by the principal and assistant. Okay, everyone understand the motion. Mr. Byerly, I would ask, do we know if there are other students from that June meeting that we rejected? That could have been in a, that's my, was my question while we're doing that one. I apologize, I can't no, clarify. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Would, would Mr. Lewis have any information about that? I don't know if he we could ask him. I, I, I have no idea if he has it back to Jukes. We can ask as all we can do. Because what you don't want to happen is then come back in September I would have to go back to revisit the, uh, the June agenda, board agenda and to look at um, all the students that were either put on a wait list, rejected, or what have you. I just don't know what it would be. I, I personally think it would be irresponsible of us to just go with the Sussex Central High School students without giving a fair look at the other students from June that we perhaps rejected. Dr. Staller, could I ask this question? How long would it take you? Could we, is it even feasible? For us to table this till after executive session, so that you have time to look that up. Is that a feasible request? I, I, I don't know because I don't I don't deal with it. And so you're just looking for the June. It, that is that something that's fair or not? I, I don't I don't know because I don't know how much information that is to go through. 
Can we look it up on our board? We might be able to go back. I'm going to go back to board docs and see if we can pick it up. I'm not sure if it was June or May. It was down in the River High School. And June's meeting would have been here. Which one of you think June 24th? I'm thinking it was May because I'm pretty sure we were at Indian River High School and June would have been. Uh, mm. uh, I think the May agenda was tabled, if I remember correctly. I think it was the vote. It's under the May meeting, and uh, I believe if, yeah, if I'm getting this correct, right. it was sent for the only rejection. So Central was the only rejection dur during that vote for that school choice that night. We're trying to double check that. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Central was the only uh, rejections at that meeting. Yes, I'm looking at it appears to be a total of 13 school choice applications. Um, <clears throat> 11, 11 applied for the IB program, and two from 11 from Indian River applied for the IB program, and two from Indian River applied for the regular education program. So for a total of 13. And that doesn't put the IB program at its cap. Dr. Layfield? Yeah, there, there is no cap per se. I appreciate the explanation. Uh, I would like to uh, withdraw my first motion and make it the correct motion as of the May board meeting, uh, 2019 to 2000, school choice applications involving the students that choice to Sussex Central. Those exact 13 students you just described, I make a motion to accept. I'll second that motion. Okay, we have motion. It's made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Guess it's unanimous. Thanks, sir. Mr. Toomey, Nutrition Services Budget. All right. Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, on your board docs, you will find the proposed nutrition services budget for the upcoming school year. Uh, budget is conservative, provides for contingency, keeps us in line with USDA regulations, and ensures that the nutrition services department remains solid. I have reviewed the budget with Dr. Owens, and he has approved. Uh, the fiscal year 20 nutrition service budget does need, does require a motion and approval of the board. Motion to approve as presented. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. That was easy. Meal prices? <laughs> All right. 
so the meal document, or the next document illustrates the proposed meal prices for the upcoming school year. I'm pleased to recommend that all student platter prices remain the same this year. Uh, this equates to 15 years without an increase to student platter pricing. However, due to USDA regulations, we do need to adjust adult and a la carte prices. The increases are highlighted on the spreadsheet that I've provided to you. Uh, they're highlighted in yellow. Uh, the lowest amount we can charge for an adult lunch is 374. I'm proposing 375. The lowest amount we can charge for an adult breakfast is 244. I'm proposing 245, just so that we're not dealing with pennies at the cash register. Um, additionally, USDA is also now regulating a la carte prices. Uh, we had to enter one week's worth of itemized sales into a spreadsheet that they provided us to determine if our a la carte prices were in line. Uh, the spreadsheet determined that we weren't charging enough for our a la carte prices. Uh, we worked to adjust the prices to meet the regulation and minimize impact on the families. Um, I do want to mention to the board that we have not increased a la carte prices since the 2008-2009 school year, so it's been 11 years. Um, I have reviewed the proposed meal prices with Dr. Owens and he has approved. Uh, these prices do need a motion and approval of the board. Motion to approve as presented. Second. <clears throat> motion made and second in any discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, water fill up stations. The, uh, at John M. Clayton and uh, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, the PTOs of those respective buildings uh, presented a proposal to replace a couple of the water fountains uh, in each building, one in each building with a new style water fountain that not only includes your regular fountain but also has a uh, special capacity to fill up water bottles. Um, it's not a need as the current water fountains are in great condition working but again, it was offered by the PTO totally uh, to be, uh, the, all the expenses being picked up by, uh, by the PTO. Um, and the recommendation, of course, is to go ahead and proceed with, with this request. Make a motion to do that. <clears throat> They'll make a motion that we. Uh, okay, is there a second to the motion? Second. Okay. Motion made and seconded in any discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Barney, we have this evening, uh, we have a special guest uh, from uh, Bibi Hospital and a former 1996 graduate of Sussex Central, uh, Dr. Bobby Gulab, and he is going to uh, present uh, and have a request for the board uh, with some information pertaining to our wellness centers. Dr. Gulab. Thank you. Um, thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Um, it's been some time since I was walking the halls of Sussex Central. I was here last year for the uh, Hall of Fame induction, although I didn't see my picture up, so I'm wondering if uh, the school came to its senses and changed their mind. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you again. Um, I also just want to thank the Indian River School District. I'm a product of the Indian River School District. I was an immigrant coming here in the early 80s, came up through East Millsboro Elementary School, Sussex Central Junior High, which then transitioned to Sussex Central Middle School, and I was the, uh, the first class for the ninth grade going to Sussex Central High School. It was in Georgetown at that time. It's actually a little uh, closer to my home now here, and I just keep thinking about the extra sleep I could have got if it had been here. 
um, when I was in Riverdale High School. But thank you. I do owe the Indian River School District a debt of gratitude for helping me build that foundation. All the teachers and coaches, some of who are actually on this, on this stage tonight. So thank you for that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my role and uh, what I do and why I'm here. I am the uh, Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer of the BB Medical Group. BB Medical Group employs 150 physicians, uh, physicians assistants, and nurse practitioners. Uh, we have 42 offices throughout Sussex County and 20 specialties represented within that, and we continue to grow. Three of our offices that I represent are our school-based wellness centers. One is at Cape and Lopen High School, uh, one is at uh, Sussex Central, and one is at Indian River. And um, you won't hear me say Indian River very much because as any self-respecting Sussex Central graduate will say, um, I don't acknowledge that Indian River exists. But um, So the reason I'm here is to talk a little bit about responsibility and to talk a little bit about our school-based wellness centers and some of the um, services that they offer, mainly around a comprehensive plan around reproductive uh, services and um, health services. The first thing I'd like to say is I don't... Um, this is not my passion. This is not something that keeps me awake at night. I'm here more about a responsibility. Uh, given my role and my responsibility, um, what I've seen and what I'll present to you today is why I'm here uh, to discuss that with the school board and to, um, make, uh, uh, to offer a comprehensive health plan to the school board. The first thing I'd like to say is that um, there's only two schools in the public school system in the state of Delaware that do not offer contraceptive services to their students, and that's Indian River and Sussex Central. Um, every other public school system in the state of Delaware does offer that. The second thing is um, a part of our wellness center is uh, a lot of the services we provide, and a big part of that is medications. Um, you may or may not be aware, but there is a uh, 340B plan that the students are available to the students. Uh, the 340B plan has been provided by the federal government for about 25 years now. What that offers through health systems, community centers, and different, different organizations is a discount on medications and some medications even free. Um, because, and we are a part of that, we do um, have that, and we do offer that through our school-based wellness centers. Uh, the Health Resources Board is changing that, and because uh, contraceptive services are not being offered, that discount will not be available to the students of the Indian River School District anymore. Um, and that's a push from the state that feel that wellness centers uh, should offer these services to, uh, to their students and uh, to the community. The other issue is the issue of um, uh, pregnancies, sexually transmitted diseases, and uh, responsibilities and the effect that has on our, um, on our community and our students. So, um, as I said earlier, you know, we are the only state that does not do that. Um, we will lose the medication benefit. And I think the important point to point out with the medication benefit, if you look at what the school-based wellness centers provide statewide, 1% um, of what they do is um, pregnancy-related, 3% is uh, sexually transmitted disease related, and 5% is family planning. The rest of it encompasses everything else that is healthcare related for the students, which is 91%. So that includes all of your illnesses, your immunizations, your sports physicals, your uh, mental health services, and anything else that comes up. So the Indian River School District is at risk of losing this benefit that they have to the students for free medications 
um, and they would lose 91% of that benefit for all of the other things that are covered. So I just want to point that out. Number two, if you look at the numbers for um, students in high school that are having sexual intercourse now, 65% of Delaware students, high school students, 12th graders, are now sexually active. 51% of 11th graders, 46% of 10th graders, and 23% of 9th graders are. So we have now shifted to over more 11th and 12th graders now are actively having sex than aren't having sex in our high schools. Um, the other thing I want to point out is um, Sussex County is the highest county of pregnancies um, and live births compared in high school students compared to the other counties and actually is higher nationally as well. Um, it provide, the data provided by our uh, wellness center providers, um, Cape and Lopen High School did approve a, um, a health plan and a contraceptive plan and they went from nine pregnancies before the approval to one pregnancy last year. Um, most of the pregnancies coming out of the Indian River School District are coming out of Sussex Central. These are conservative numbers that are reported because it's hard to get it exact because they're not always reported. Um, sometimes the pregnancies are terminated and, and different things, but there's an average of at least um, 20 to 30 pregnancies in the Indian River School District, and the majority of them are, the, are those coming out of Sussex Central High School. Um, one other point that I did want to make is uh, students reported that before uh, their last sexual intercourse, um, students who drank or used alcohol for 12th graders was 22%, um, 20% for 11th graders and 14% for 10th graders. So I bring that in because, you know, I think that when we talk about decision making, when we talk about responsibility, um, and being responsible, I think it's clear how drugs and alcohol can alter those decisions. And I think any comprehensive health plan would also incorporate covering some of that education as well. Um, so a couple other things. Um, Delaware, I'm sorry, the United States ranks um, among the top countries for teen pregnancies. Delaware is 10th in the nation for that. Um, 13th for gonorrhea and chlamydia infections, uh, 13th for gonorrhea, 15th for chlamydia infections as well. Sussex County does have the highest teen pregnancy rate. Um, and a few things that came out of research with school-based wellness centers. Um, one of the big concerns people have is if you do services like that, um, sexual activity increases and that's never been shown and proven. But what has been shown and proven is pregnancies do decrease. Um, so. A couple other points that I did want to make, I, you know, th this is not really about contraceptive care per se. It's really about a bigger global picture and a bigger global pain because, um, you know, contraception is not the answer and I don't want anybody to think that, you know, if you um, allow contraception, everything gets fixed. It doesn't. There's schools with contraceptive care that, that still have pregnancies. Um, I, this is about a bigger kind of picture or plan um, that includes sexual education and health. I mean, contraception is one part of that. So that includes abstinence, that includes education, that includes communication, um, that includes uh, sexually transmitted disease education, and that's part of a bigger plan. And so what I would like is to develop out a plan for um, the Indian River School District, similar to what we've done at Cape and Lopen, where we have a comprehensive health services plan that includes reproductive health, so we encompass everything. Um, and I think it's a benefit to service to the community. I think it's a benefit to the service to the, to the students that live in this area. Um, 
one of the things, this isn't always an easy topic to talk about. I know it's you know, not always an easy topic for a school board to address. It's not always an easy topic for me to get up here and talk about. Um, there's people that feel very strongly about it, but um, one way or the other. But again, I'm here out of a sense of responsibility, uh, not out of any personal reason at all. And I would encourage the school board to, to look at that as well and look at it with your school board hat on. Um, a couple other things that I'd just like to, like to um, uh, comment on. Um, our school-based wellness centers are a choice that parents can opt into. So parents still have a choice if they want their students to use those services or if they don't want to use those services. Um, contraceptive care is one out of many of those choices as I, as I talked about and discussed. And so if parents feel like they don't want their children to be part of that, they can opt to not be in our school-based wellness center program and they have that choice to do so. So I think that's another issue that comes up commonly that, that gets asked and, and, and um, I, you know, I, I wanted to speak to. So um, with that being said, I think that you know, from my standpoint, I, you know, a couple points I'd like to make, and I don't want to take too much of the, of the board's time. Um, I, I know it's getting late, but um, you're at risk for losing your 340B program, which would take away free medications and immunizations provided to students. And, um, because you're not doing 9% of something currently, you will lose that for 91% of what you do do. Number two, um, this is part of a bigger comprehensive plan, which our medical director would be happy to lay out, that involves um, a plan to attack teen pregnancies, education. It's not just about contraception. It's about um, preventing pregnancies and, and giving these kids you know, a better future as they move forward. And, um, and lastly, you know, there is a choice parents can be involved in and make. But again, part of the program would have to be education involving parents and students because um, programs itself you know, don't, don't do everything. It's the education, it's the parents, it's the involvement, it's the school, it's the, it's the leaders, it's the, um, uh, the people involved in their life that help them make the right choices. So with that being said, I'm um, humbly asking the school, to, school board to consider a comprehensive health plan that we will lay out that also includes contraceptive care to help educate um, and to help prevent teen pregnancies and help prevent uh, sexually transmitted diseases as well. And I actually to, to um, you know, you know, sex isn't going anywhere unfortunately, but I think the more educated students are about it, the more they know about it, it can help prevent some of the, um, some of the detrimental effects we see when people make poor decisions. So. And that plan will also include alcohol and, and, and drug education. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody that they may have. Um, appreciate your coming tonight. It's a good topic. Um, one of the reasons my kids never got involved with the programs in any of our schools is because the parents lose their right to hear what's going on on their own kids' medical records. Why is that? Um, so with this program, they can opt in or out if they'd like to be part of the school-based wellness center. No, but, it's not about that. It's well, about whether the parents get access to the medical records or not. So the parents, so there's certain things about this that personally I don't feel very comfortable with either, and that is one of them. But again, it's not a personal decision for me. Currently, the state law, students are allowed, minors are allowed to have treatment for certain things without their parents being involved. Um, sexually transmitted diseases is one, pregnancy is one, and mental health is the other. So I often drive down a road in Millsboro where I've lived my whole life that I know what the traffic is like and there's never any traffic. 
yet I still have to follow that speed limit sign because that's what the state law says. And so the state law says that we're, they're allowed to do that, they're required to do that. So we um, are required to allow them to do that. So if they opt into the program, and I'd like to be clear about that because I don't want to get any conflict with what the law says. Um, if they opt into the program, they're opting into um, having those services, and then the parents need to understand that if they get treated for something and they choose not to, then um, they um, don't have the right to know if the, if the student does not allow them. Now, I will also tell you that this is the same in all of our 42 practices. This is the same throughout the state of Delaware. And one thing that we have developed things around is the education around that, because that's really what it comes down to. If you can educate these children and educate the parents around the communication, the importance, and having them involved in it, then um, uh, it certainly does make a huge difference. And uh, we don't find too many of them that, that aren't on that same page. But you, you will get some. Okay, now with a lot of the hospital stuff, there is a HIPAA form that can be filled out that allows uh, the, the patient to communicate with somebody else. Is that a possibility in your health centers? Um, so explain that again, or communicate with Okay, in other words, I'm a practicing chiropractor, so I see patients too. Patients come in, and we're not supposed to disclose it to anybody, but they sign a statement that says, yeah, I need my husband to know or somebody else sure. to know. Okay. Um, we had a bad experience with PRMC that refused to do that when my wife had a hysterectomy. We would not allow them to go ahead with the procedure until I was clear to get the information. Is there a way for a parent to say, I will have my kid come in, but I need you to sign, I'm signing a release that allows you to give me that information? Um, there is not, because per the state law, if that kid, so then, when, when they- that's a program that I can't support. Sure. So I'm sorry, it takes parental rights away. No, I understand, I understand your concern, but um, if a child chooses to allow a parent to do that, or if they have that discussion, they sign up that way, it's not an issue. If a child changes their mind around those three areas, then I'll be honest with you, I'm not the most comfortable with it either, but that is the law and we have to honor that. Uh, but again, I, I just think that that percentage of that occurring is small compared to the benefit of what you would get from this service and um, from a comprehensive health plan that includes that for the majority of the students. And the majority of the students that are getting pregnant in your high school are the ones that are socioeconomically challenged, are the ones that um, the parents want them involved in these programs, they want free medications, and they want them to have these types of services. Um, and, and Sussex Central is, 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 has more of that population than some of the other uh, children in the schools in the area, so. Anyone have any questions? All right, this would have to be a motion from the board uh, to uh, accept or reject the comprehensive health, health plan. Um, we've, we've had over 20 years of wellness partnership, and a good number of those years have all been with Bibi. It's a great organization. Uh, we've done um, great things. There's still, uh, I think, Dr. Hattier, for a parent uh, of kids who've gone through that program, you still have that option of opting your kid into the program or out. So that's still the option there. I see it as government coercion to peel away a family from their kids. And I feel very strong about that because that's what's been going on for years anyway. Um, and I think this is another chink in the armor because when we first came up with the health programs, um, I had just either gotten on the border or was close to it, and I didn't like the idea then. Okay, because I thought it was just another way of, of introducing more government into things um, while it may be well-meaning, the government does a lot of things that are well-meaning that don't work out too terribly well. One of the things, that, and I think I heard this right, Dr. Goulet, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, not having the comprehensive health plan set up in our district 
is going to somewhat affect some of the services that we're now Absolutely. offering, such as immunizations. And that's and, just and another those, form of government coercion. Right. In other words, you do it our way or you don't get anything. That sounds really reasonable. So, so Dr. Wright, I certainly respect your opinion. I certainly understand where you're coming from. And I know I'm an outlier. And I know um, I'm alone But I, I see it as a way to combat um, teen pregnancies. Um, I see it as... Um, Getting in line with, you know, the, we're the, you're the only school district in the state of Delaware that it, that doesn't have any, some form of contra, contraceptive services. And I think that, um, uh, I certainly respect that, but I think that without that, what we're seeing with, with the declining numbers in pregnancy from, compared to Kate that has a program, and with your socioeconomically challenged um, uh, population in the Sussex Central School District area and how this medication benefit program benefits them and how they're the ones that are um, affected mainly by the pregnancies. I see it as a way to combat that and really do a service to the community. Our, so, you know, I should have started by saying part, what we do is our role is we're a nonprofit and what we do is um, we're here to service the community. The way we recruit physicians put our offices, we look at needs assessment and we say what does the community need and that's how we go out and do it and that's how we got to the school-based wellness centers and that's what's got me here is really it's, it's, it's for the community. Uh, Dr. Jinks? Hi, my name is Gloria James and I'm the Bureau Chief of Adolescent and Reproductive Health at the Division of Public Health. I have served in one capacity or the other in school-based wellness centers since 1996. And one of the things that I am very well versed in is the data behind school-based wellness centers. And I can honestly tell you by looking at the data that comes from the centers, now there are 32 of them, there is more parent involvement and more communication with the child when you introduce a comprehensive um, approach to health, whether it's mental health, whether it's sexual health, whether it's just medical health in general. So in other words, the nurse practitioners and the physician assistants, as well as the mental health providers at each one of our sites, they just don't prescribe and treat. They also talk about prevention all the time. It is one of the requirements that the Division of Public Health imposes on our five medical sponsors that we help fund. That's one of the requirements. And I have looked at the data over the last few years, and what happens is once you have comprehensive health and a holistic approach to health, and as, as the doctor so well presented the information to you, children are having sex. They're being sexual. We can't stop it one way or the other. But what we can do is educate them, allow them, and allow the parents to know the choices that they have in school-based wellness centers. But the amount of communication between the child and the parent has increased over the years. And I think it's due to partly because that's what the providers are there to encourage the student to have more two-way communications with their parents.
questions? I'll say that I've been very impressed with the, uh, the benefits of the wellness programs at Indian River High School. That's where I'm representing, um, as well as Sussex Central, too. Um, but the, the program, the, the other things other than the reproductive health that the, the wellness programs provide have been spectacular. I know uh, my children have gone to the to wellness centers for everything from earaches to spunners. So it's been a, a great program. And I would gladly make a motion that we accept Healthcare program being offered by people. I second that. Is there a second? Yes. One of the reasons why that the 340B pricing is, is in jeopardy for Indian River School District is not the policy of public health, it is the policy of the federal government. And what has happened is because there have been so much cost, I guess, increase. It used to be, up until about maybe four years ago, that the application for reduced uh, funding or reduced pricing, as far as all of our, our meds that go to the wellness center, it was a responsibility of my bureau. Okay, so it was either under Title 10 or was under school-based wellness centers under adolescent health. About four years ago, HRSA then said, this can't be anymore. You can't do the application. The people that you have contracts will do the application. However, it is the school-based health center administrative budget once they continue to be 340B priced, and we acknowledge that, and it's along with the state pharmacist. And so what happens is there's a budget in my bureau for the meds, whether it's contraceptives or whether it's something for sore throat whether it's vaccines, it falls under the school-based wellness center administrative budget. And so what happens is then people, the medical sponsors, the sites, have to make their own individual application for 340B pricing. And Indian River, because it has two centers and it doesn't meet the requirements right now, then that's why that would happen. It's not that I don't have the budget to include that. It is because that is what the federal government said that we need to do. Okay. Have a motion made and second from the board. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. Are you going to pull the board? Mr. Barnett? No. Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? No. Dr. Javier? Abstain. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, two no, and one abstention. Motion passes by a majority vote. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Goulet. Thank you. Old business, uh, major capital planning. Um, there's actually two parts that I talk about usually at this time's major capital planning, and it's the Howard T. Ennis. I'm going to ask permission if I can go ahead and put those together, and I'll explain why I have to do that. Last month, I told you that we had ran into a problem with the pricing of the new Howard T. Ennis, that we, we were about $7 million over budget, and very specific reasons for those uh, involved the elevation of the building, and the need to bring in over $1.2 million worth of filled dirt so that it could tie in 
to the existing drain water uh, avenues that they have. Uh, the second is the escalation. You're going to get a chance to see what that does in a year's time with the, the uh, major capital project. And uh, that's, that's somewhere around almost $2 million. So I have talked to DOE, who has been in conversation with OMB, and uh, they instructed me that they would like me to include in our CN a request for the additional monies for Howard T. Anderson. Uh, it may be, may be full, it may be half, uh, it may be none. It's all going to depend on the major capital as it goes around. But to keep us in line with the Cape Antelope Consortium, they wanted us to do it the same way. They were required to do a CN. So I have completed a CN for that building. Uh, I've worked with uh, Fernington Daniel. They've helped me with the reasons for the additional request. Um, and they, they, they fall into areas that I think we could look at. Should we get to a point where we have to cut? We know some areas we think we would, we would proceed to cut if we need to. But I'd like to prefer, so when we talk about the CN that we'll be voting on tonight, there will be a part of that CN for Howard T. Anderson. Second part of the CN submission is we have got to have the board vote for approval before I can submit the CN. CN's finished. Uh, finished it up Friday afternoon. And once the board uh, votes this evening on if they want to go with, with a particular plan, the same plan, any types of alterations, I'll have to go back and, and do this and get it in by Friday. Uh, but part of that plan, I will tell you again, will be a seven million additional request for the Howard Deanna's building. Again, that's all state money. That is not any local money and doesn't and will not affect the tax rate of any of our, our taxpayers. Okay? Now, with that said, going in and taking a look at the overall major cap, I did send out uh, this week uh, to the board members a breakdown. And taking a look, and I talked about this last month a little bit, I wanted to work on it, fine tune it. Um, if we look at the same package from 2018 to 2019, at that point in time we were looking at $158,513,363 project. If we go with the exact same plan. That cost has escalated to $64,995,315. So the escalation, which is about 2.5-2.6% from last year to this year, uh, equates to about almost $4 million, $3.94 uh, million. So it is in going to increase, which means that the increased parcel will be uh, 60%, 40% split between state and local. So we'll be looking at the local portion if we go with the same package. We will have what we had before, but it will cost us an additional uh, $1.58 million. Can you, give the, can you give the updated figure again, 162? Yes, the updated is a $162,488,287. And this is all because the state uh, redefined their construction cost uh, calculations? Some of that has to do with the escalation. Some has to do with the recalculation of the money going from 422 to 435, 43. 
So that has something to do. That also relates to one of the reasonings for the additional cost that we have with the Howard T. Ennis. That school was based on, even though it was, it was a special school, it was based on the high school square footage. That's based on 422. The problem is that we're running into now, what we're being told is that the, uh, the building that's going on, even in major capital planning throughout the state, uh, everybody's busy. And right now, bids aren't coming in at the, the best bid rates that people are seeing. It's one of the reasons you're seeing the escalation of the cost of these types of projects. So the option is, and I'll, I'll go through each thing that we looked at. We looked at the uh, Sussex Central High School. Um, and again, just, just for the people in the audience, if they did not know, back in 2016-17, we were looking at a renovation in the tune of $107 million. The cost of the uh, projected cost of Sussex Central High School is $146,093,980. We look at Indian River and we look at Selbyville, and this was the part that was a little confusing, but they actually decreased price from last year to this year because the way they structured when to begin the program last, last year, uh, I think they were going to start Selbyville the second and third year and Indian River the same and start the Sussex Central High School first. This year it's more advantageous for us to start all three at the same time because the escalation as we go through would leave us for eight classrooms at Indian River at $13,210,169. And Selbyville Middle School about $3,184,137. So those two have actually decreased slightly. Um, I think Indian River's decreased about a million dollars and I think Selbyville decreased about 400000 compared to what it was back in uh, uh, 2019. So, Part of this CN also would be, again, $7 million for the Howard T. Ennis, the additional request. So what we have to have tonight from the Board of Education is this is going to be the cost. Do we move forward? Do we look at pieces of this? So I need direction from the Board where to go with the CN. Regardless, I will have to submit a CN for Howard T. Ennis. So at the end of our discussion, uh, if, if nothing else, we have to make sure we have a motion to proceed forward with at least the Howard King and his request. And I need it if we're going to go forward with anything else. Given the extensive discussions we've had on school choice and capacity, I don't think we have a choice but to go ahead and vote for the CN. I, I, will, I will say to the board as well, doesn't mean we're automatically going to get anything. We would submit. There are 12 school districts submitting. Next year's bond's already up to about $150 million with what they've already got out there to build. So I'm going to tell you it's going to be slim pickings, I do believe, uh, this year. So it's, it's, it's no guarantee it's going to get approved. So that's, you need to know these things up front, I think, before we make the decision to move on. We're willing to take it and go forward if that's the wish of the board. Um, I know there's been some things on TV, uh, excuse me, TV, the radio, and newspaper, you know, about the, the trailers that we have coming in. My other concern is the cost that we have for the trailers. I'm working on the preliminary budget that I hope to bring next month. 
Um, one of the things I'll tell you now is we are going to go over four hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars for the trailers that we are bringing into the district this year, mm -hmm. and that's going to give us a sense of cost in the future. So, other are we on? Target with our trailers to be ready to go first when school starts. We have one glitch that just came up Thursday afternoon late, and that was with the fire marshal. We had the uh, electricity hooked up on Thursday. Uh, that was finally done, I believe, at Sussex Central. And I think Mr. Booth here, if he wants to step up. Uh, but one of the things we have to work with the fire marshal's office. They they said it would take two weeks for them to go through the diagram for the fire poles and strobes that go into the uh, trailers. I know Mr. Booth is kind of pushing that as much as possible to get that cut down. We have contingency plans at both Sussex Central and North Georgetown if it's not ready to go into on the first day. But that right now seems to be the only thing that we have holding us back from walking in. And we've talked today, to be quite honest, and you know the question of being is it safer to have the kids in the trailer or is it safer to have all those kids in a building? It's not a question, it's a regulation that we have to work with. And we're hoping they work with us. We're trying to push the issue, hopefully, hopefully, and it's an outside shot that those school alarms would be approved and hooked up before the first day of school. But uh, right now, I would say we're, we're, we're thinking they may not be, it may be another week before the fire marshal approves us to go in. Everything else will be ready. That's the only glitch that we have to, to work out. I make a motion we go ahead with it. Second. Your motion is sort of identical from the previous one? Uh, as updated to reflect the current reality. Could you also add in, if you, if you, you said it, Heather, could you also add in in addition to Howard T. Ennis? In addition to Howard T. Ennis. So even though Howard T. was already approved, the CN, you have to submit another one? Because it's cost differential. The cost difference is about 45 million, 44 something was the cost of the building. Uh, because of the extraordinary cost, because of one of the things I think I said this last time, uh, so you're aware, they had requested we wait a year before because they were tight back when we went through the pitch. Actually, waiting a year probably cost us about 1.6 to 2.2 million dollars in escalation yep. costs. So, you know, I'm not sure if we'll get all seven. I think if we could get three and three and a half to four, I think we're going to be okay with the building. There are some things I think we can do uh, here in terms of some value engineering that we can maintain the space, but hopefully take care of some of the things in the design of the building itself. But we have to, because we need the additional funding to finish it, we have to request that for a CN. Anyone else? Motion made and seconded. All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? It's unanimous. Before we leave this certificate of necessity, I know we've approved it, but uh, I think it's important to discuss some of the other things going on in the county. We're going to be fighting for the same set of pennies. If you listen to the news, you saw what was going on at Sussex Tap. I got to tip my hat to them. It seems like in the last couple of years, they've started going to what their mission should be, and that's providing trade schools to the students mm -hmm. that need it in the county. And uh, they have a true lottery here the last couple of years. 
you've heard complaints from the students not being able to get in there. That's kind of good to hear because they're doing things right. So uh, they have one of the oldest buildings in the county and uh, they're trying to do what they can to teach students. I think we don't need to be fighting with them. I think we need to look at giving a simple explanation to the taxpayers of the county of the need. I think Sussex Tech's on the right track and the issue we have isn't that our building is old, it's that it doesn't have the housing amount of students we have in there and just make it plain and simple. But I heard some different things on social media about the, the battling for the pennies, but I just think it's simply said Sussex Tech's on the right track. So uh, I'd, I'd like to see us work with some of our sister schools and move forward with this referendum so we can educate the public and get it passed across the board. I think it's very important for the education and the future of Sussex County to get this thing passed. Thank you. Need a motion to table 504 and 505 go after executive session. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Committee reports. Mr. Fritz, you have anything? Just real quickly uh, update everybody. The ESCO project, uh, there's only three schools left Georgetown Elementary, Georgetown Middle, North Georgetown with the lighting project. Gas conversion is going to be starting up soon at Georgetown Meadow, SDSA, and Millsboro Middle. Um, LB, the roof cut coating is uh, completed. The roof at SDSA is to be completed this Friday. They will be coming back later to do another coat. And the Sussex Central track resurfacing has been completed. And the company did suggest that there not be any uh, new vehicles driven on the track. Uh, to increase the longevity of it. So we may have to do something different for homecomings, etc. Horse and buggy. That's it. Thank you. Comprehensive school safety, Mr. Wakefield. We did not have a meeting, but I would like for us to schedule one in September, the southern end of the district, and one in October, the northern end of the district. But I do have a recap of where we are with safety. IRSD is in compliance for school assessments. Due to the completed, due, due to be completed on September the 1st, building administration had been trained on a new EPR system and its uh, ERIP system and its requirements. Constables will be trained on the new system on the 29th of August. Entrance cameras for each school are due to be completed within the next two weeks. New enhanced radios. Final testing will take place on Wednesday of this week. This will allow for each school's lockdown system to be activated by the push of a button on three radios at each school. These radios are assigned to the main office, the constable, and the building principal. So we are moving ahead with great strides of providing a safe environment for our students throughout the district. Thank you. Okay, any questions? Uh, finance uh, will be discussed on the United Financial Reports. Uh, curriculum, Mr. Hudson. No, Mary Bailey, Mr. Peden. Nothing to report. Special Ed. Um, so Special Education Week will be celebrated the week of October 28th this year, and the task force is currently working to plan those district-wide events for that week. Um, we did have a large number of nominations for ambassadors this year, which is great, and we are currently working through that selection process, and we'll have that information out in September. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you. Policy. The uh, policy committee is bringing forward two policies tonight, just, just the two, IKF graduation requirements and IGCB uh, response to intervention. Uh, these are being presented as a first and second uh, reading. And I'd make a motion to approve those two as presented. 
Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 That is unanimous. Uh, IKA grading systems will be brought up at committee next month. Need a vote second. IRA rep, no one here. Superintendent's report. Yeah, I have. Uh, Mr. Brown, I've posted the the activities uh, activities this this month. Where basically we finished up the administrative institute. I did attend uh, the uh, Richard Allen dedication uh, up in Georgetown. Um, uh, very very nice event. I would say a very nice event to to attend. And there were a lot of a lot of folks there, and you know had a had a chance to talk to a lot of a lot of people, support the district, and. and um, solicited the help of uh, Georgetown Police Chief, particularly if we do come back to a referendum uh, here this in the, in the 20 school year. So uh, that's pretty much well it. You can view those at your, if you have any questions, feel free to call. Okay, financial reports. We need a, a motion to pay the regular invoices for the month of July of 2019. So second. Motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Financial position report, Mr. Uh, Mr. Barter, we were able to uh, get some support in completing the financial position uh, that goes from July up through uh, what we're projected through 10-15. This will take a look at the projected income coming in through tax monies and take a look at where we are. Uh, what we what we tend to look at this report, uh, I'll need your signature on it this evening, is the very last column, the projected available balance uh, at 10-15 and that is our reserve balance. Our reserve balance on 10-15 will be approximately very close to $12,919,358. So, you know, again, we've, we've said this before, we've, we've heard this in various reports that uh, Jan has given, but financially in the last two years, we've built our, our reserve up to a strong, strong position. Um, just to give you an idea of where we need to be on a minimum reserve, you took a look at the projected one-month local salary. We need to keep three months in that reserve to make sure we can meet that salary. So we are more than double that. And uh, this year, we'll take a look at the um, $2.1 million give back to the state. We will use positions as much as possible, plus a couple of areas in the state funding to, to reduce those numbers. Uh, we think we may be able to put another million to a million and a half in reserve this year. Yes. Need a motion to approve the plan. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Communications, Mr. Field. Um, we do have some use of facilities requests. The use of John M. Clayton Auditorium on the 28th by the Anna Antioch Annie Church and the use of Millsburg Middle School softball field on September the 22nd uh, by Emanuel's House Church. I would recommend both of those. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. We have five field trips. Uh, some of those are overnight that we would, would uh, be requesting. Uh, I think most of all of these are dealing with the uh, FFA organization at both Sussex Central and Indian River. I would approve all five of those as well. I do have a question on one of those more, and I, it might just be me looking on two. It says overnight trip with Sussex Central FFA chapter October 26 to November 2nd. 
then October, then overnight trip by Sussex Central, October 28th to November 2nd. Both of them are Indiana. There's a, what's the overlay of the, between the 26th and the 28th? Or am I missing something? I'm not, right now I'm not sure. I, I didn't pick this up today when I looked over this. Uh, Dr. Layfield, do you happen to have knowledge of that? Well, I looked on here, and I don't, I don't know that I see it, but I, it could be me. I, I was just curious about the date. I didn't know if it's a duplicate and it's just overlapping between the 26th and the 28th. It, it could be. It could be a duplicate with, with the first change. It could be two different teams, and they're just not taking everybody at one time. Well, it's one of the two. This same on the board thing says it's t September the 24th and 25th, and then... Uh -huh. There's no other one that I see, which was just my question. I mean, I, not that it's not going to be approved, but. I, I believe it's a duplicate. I, I do too. I, I, I think I don't, I don't think we've ever been in the That's business okay. of sending two different okay. teams on, on something different. So I think that was probably a duplication. Motion. Yes. Motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Now come to the second. Uh, second public session comment. Uh, we had two people who have signed up from the previous uh, first time. Laura Marsh. Mr. Maloney? Great discussion tonight, guys. Policy, you're right, Mr. Collins, should have been brought up at policy meetings. Mr. Hudson, I will disagree with you. I brought up that 85% many a times. As a matter of fact, the board even one time last year in the springtime changed it without going through committee hearings from 85 to 90 then it was thrown back down to 85 but that 85 has been up for a long time solutions are very simple open them up with the committees committee meetings if you have a they have to have a special one and get the public there because you're all right you guys are right, in-school kids have the preference. That's our concern to educate. That's our concern to educate is in school. They should be able to move freely, which means all you have to do is bump one or two sentences to read in school, in district kids, excuse me, 100%. One hundred percent. It's very simple. Long drawn out discussion, but I loved it. I loved it. It was very good. And one other point I do want to make tonight that I did want to bring up before, but before he tells me my three minutes are up, I see you smiling, Jay. We do things for the kids. It is a statement that's used very loosely. I have a complaint 
and I haven't had it answered yet as to why on the school district's website, Indian River School District, IRSD.org, no mention of any graduation. None whatsoever. That is a big event. Think back, we all graduated from high school. That was the day we were free. I know personally for myself, getting out of a private school was because I got to run around in public without any chains on or restrictions. So. But it's a big day. And I think it's very sad that we don't recognize the kids that graduated. Whether we have graduation photos, I've seen Dr. Stadler was honored to be able to give her son his diploma. But through the newspapers, the other newspaper was this and that. And I just asked Dr. Layfield tonight how many students he graduated last, the end of May. And I only found that number out today. But there's no coverage, and there should be. We put a website up. We put a website up. Let's use, let's recognize these kids for their accomplishments also, especially on a big day like that. Thank you. And I'll see you guys at committee meetings next month to start off. And I'll see you next month's meeting. And Mark, I'll catch up with you later. Thanks, sir. Enjoy your evening. Okay, thank you. So anyone else in the audience wishes to make a public comment? Need a motion for executive session? So moved. All in favor of the motion? Oh, well, wait, 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 Good evening. My name is Chad Carpenter. I have a daughter uh, in the first grade. They're going into first grade. Uh, up until this morning, she was in the Spanish Immersion Program in East Middlesbrough. And uh, her mother and I decided, uh, based on the information uh, that came out from last month's meeting, to pull her, take her back to her home school which is Georgetown, because she has a sibling that we understood after talking with various staffs, uh, East Millsboro and Georgetown and the school district, that uh, her sibling wasn't gonna be able to follow. So we didn't feel like that was right. Um, guess my question is, we keep doing the referendums if they continue to fail, what is the plan for it? Because I have young kids where we pay over a dollar in property taxes for each student that we have enrolled in the school district. We're fortunate. Other parents aren't fortunate to send their kids here. We're gonna to continue to support the school district, the staff, the teachers, the other kids, PTO, we're going to be a part of this community. Now, we didn't grow up in this community. My wife and I are both products of Wooster County Public Schools, very well run. They are not growing at the rate that Sussex County is. We understand that. We're both college educated. Other parents aren't. So we're going to lead this charge. I'm going to come to every meeting, everything I can be a part of. But I want to know, with not a whole lot of fanfare, what is the plan for? We need schools. We need a lot of schools. 
we don't need fancy buildings. We need cookie cutter. We need an elementary school. We need a middle school. We need a high school. And we build them. We build them so we can expand for the growth. Phase one, phase two, phase three. I mean, you know, we got fancy buildings. They're beautiful. But they're out, they, they're, at their, they're over capacity from the minute that they're opened. I mean, I just wanna put myself out here and uh, we're in district two, live right across the highway. Uh, I work for a poultry company, so, you know, I got a target on my back too. You know, agriculture is not, not thought of well in this, uh, in some areas and some sectors of this county and, and in this country, but we're here. A motion for executive session. All in favor of the motion say aye. Personnel agenda. Need a motion. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. So is it need a public board? <clears throat> yes. Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hadia? No. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? You want to abstain from there? Mr. Peavy? Yes. Dr. Sadler? Yeah. Is this just a whole agenda? This is personnel agenda. Personnel agenda. Yes. 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 Mr. Wright? Yes. I'm sorry. The motion passes by a majority vote. Need a motion for the personnel addendum? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Personnel contractual agenda? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Under litigation, Title 29. I'd like to make a motion. Um, I hereby move that we approve the defense and indemnity required by 14 Delaware Code Section 1095 as discussed in executive session. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion? Wait a minute. I think we got some discussion here. Under discussion, I would just for the oh, I'm sorry, for the board sorry. members um, under the Code 1095 states liability of school districts for cost and actions against members of board or employees thereof. Whenever a, whenever a civil action has been or shall be brought against any person for any act or omission arising out of and in the course of the performance of the person's duties as a member of the Board of Education, principal, assistant principal, superintendent, assistant superintendent, or professional employee, including a teacher, the Board of Education of that district shall defray all costs of defending such actions including reasonable counsel fees and expenses together with the cost of appeal, if any, and shall save harmless and protect such person from any financial loss resulting therefrom, provided, however, the Board of Education shall not be responsible for the payment of punitive damage nor damages 
attributable to intentional acts or the gross negligence of such person. Any board of education may arrange for and maintain appropriate insurance to cover all such damages, losses, and expenses. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Extension. Yes. Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Abstain. Dr. Hattie? Yes. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Abstention. Mr. Feeden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Abstain. Mrs. Wright? passes by a majority vote. No further business come before the board. The meeting is adjourned.